Alrighty then, gang, gang. Let's do this. It's episode 46. Thank you for joining me. No fannying about. Let's get right into it with Still Five Big Timers. What's up? Fresh is our turn, mm. baby. Yeah, look at this. Look at this, guys. Yo, on the YouTube will know that I got my phone in hand right now, and I can control. I got a new cord. This is this is production value. Look at this. Um, I'm actually super hyped on this. Uh, this this means I can interact with my phone now live on air, which <clears throat> just. You don't need to know the ins and out of it. It's going to make production easier for me. A little upgrade. It was worth it. We also got a little upgrade right here. Check this out. I can't even fucking pinch this thing out. Um, this, if, you, if you're if you a high drop heart, if you're a true high dropper, if you're just a just a baby of the of the program, then you'll know that I fuck with this little thing on my headphones. It, like the line keeps going out in certain episodes. I'll never have that problem again because I just upgraded this adapter and it's it's solid gold plated son that's conducive for sound frequency stuff i think um so that was made possible thank you guys for coming and joining me this is this is impossible without support like from viewers like you that's pbs's line support from viewers like you um that is it's true though we don't we don't have anything without you guys and i really appreciate you guys, first of all, just listening. I can't say it enough. If you subscribe, ooh, ooh, now, now I'm, I'm showing some love. I got love for you, extra love. I got love for every listener, but I got extra love for the subscribers, subscribers. And then if them five star reviews come through, now, fuck, now I'm in love with you. I am in love with the five star review people. Um, really appreciate that. That helps us, you know, how it goes. And then the, the Patreon people, I mean, we just, now we, you know, we have a special, we're going to have a party just for you guys one day and it's going to be sick. It's going to, I owe you guys. I love you. Um, thank you for, for joining. Stoked about these little uh, production upgrades here. And uh, on today's episode we had, oh, you know what else we can do with this phone before I get into that? is the height drop hotline is going to be a little bit easier to access too. Cause now I used to have to chop the voicemails up and stuff. It was a, it was a nightmare. I just, it was not worth it, but now it'll be easy to just listen and respond on air live, like in real time with this. Um, so I want to encourage you guys to get involved again. We had uh, the height drop hotline. If you, some people probably don't even know it exists cause we first started it and then it kind of dropped off cause I couldn't, I couldn't be bothered to, to do it, but now I can be bothered. It's, um, it's much easier now. I can just use my phone and we'll have some fun with it for sure. We'll have some fun with the phone line. Um, that number is 720-295-7537. And there's a one in front of that number. If you are not you know, from the U S because we was here first. We invented the phone. It's ours. You can't have it back. Um, <clears throat> so suck it. <laughs> That's that American sh- 
that's that American dick smack. And we talk about that. That's what actually comes up. And, um, you know, Max Lee Abbott is our guest today. And, uh, what can I say that he's been on before? You should check out the other episode. If you like, enjoy this one. If you, if you want to listen to that one first, who knows? Um, it does not so much overlap and talk in the, I think we we're a little bit more rambunctious on the first one. This one we stay a little more on task. We talked about parkour mindset and fear and risk management and how that kind of relates to the broader scope of things. It was really fun. Um, you know, he was relating it back to Alex Honnold's first ascent of free solo ascent of um, El Capitan. You know, it's a huge feat in climbing right now that happened, and there's a big movie about it. And um, I haven't seen it yet, but I really want to. But also we talked about this American, you know, he actually is a political science or I think he called it, what do you call it? International security. Um, he's got a bachelor's degree in that and he's working he's about halfway through his master's on that. And so he was super knowledgeable. It was actually really fun and interesting to hear. Um, I think about an hour of the way in him him start going over and give me a little lesson on, uh, on the global stage of conflict and, uh, you know, how it all ties together is I'm gonna have to check that part out again. Cause I'm not, it's funny that I don't know nearly, I mean, I guess he's an educated person, but I have no clue about some of those things and he's, he's super well versed on it. So you might have to hunt that down if you're really into that U S history and, uh, and, uh, politics in like, what is it? I don't know. Security, the international security life. Um, and then we kind of bring it back around towards the end with uh, parkour trends you know what's what's wrong with that and what's right with it and uh and what what you can you can hunt that out too just get in there you know find it or listen to the whole thing you know it's a podcast it's up for you to do what you want to do with it you can press play pause fast forward 30 seconds whatever the fuck you want um it's free i you can do it whenever that's what i love about this medium so thank you guys for joining one last quick thing um <clears throat> Again, much love to everyone that supports the podcast. If you, you know, all that stuff is in the description. If you want to take it, a, you know, take a second look and see if there's something you want to do. Um, I really appreciate everyone that joins us, you know, for any episode. But uh, also, if you are looking for some coaching, some parkour curriculum that's going to, you know, not just teach you how to get started with parkour or but if you even if you've already began or if you're really high level there's so much to learn about mastering your fundamentals um i you know have been working with parkouredu.org for a long since its inception basically with the co-founders ryan and amos um you know that curriculum is born out of apex movement schools excuse me apex schools of movement and and uh you know it's it's the best it's 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 some of the best training insights you can get like period and now it's available anywhere and we're working on getting it uh and translated it for different languages as well so um you know there'll be a link for that in the description 15 percent off the promo code height drop in the checkout on all them digital products uh and uh you know that's another way that can support the podcast that's an affiliate link so we get a little kickback if you guys use it um but that's enough of that that's enough of that shit we got to get into this juicy ass episode with max abbott max lee abbott so here he is enjoy gang um are you ready are you ready to go sir i'm ready to go should man. we do this i'm fucking jason born ready to go jason born ready uh, which one two three probably or four? ultimatum which is the third that's the third one yeah 
Okay, cool. Can we try and keep pop culture references to a minimum? Because that is just not my forte at all. All right, well, you did it. Yeah, you I guess I did. I guess table. I was the one. I was trying to be smart with my Jason I mean, Bourne I, reference. I, I guess I wandered further down the road, which we didn't need to do. We definitely did not need to do that. We're still talking about it. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, thank you for coming back on. It's good to see you again. When do you you're, uh, when do you leave? When do you leave? I'm town? leaving next Tuesday, which is like five days from now. Ooh. So not very long. I mean, glad I've been... we got you back in the back in the. The studios, High Drop Studios. Yeah, what do you think of the upgrades? Yeah, it's it's much better. I uh, neither of us have to hold the mic now. Yeah, which isn't is great. that great? Look, we can we can make gestures with our yeah, hands. Yeah, yeah. Now now our communication can go all the way to gestures rather than just <laughs> you know me sort of blinking in a certain way to try and get my meaning across. Yeah, and I, I do know Morse code through eye blinking. Yeah, so. you'd have to when you know you had the mic set up you had before. Oh yeah, but not now. But not You're now. Living now. No, because you know. We up here. We out here. We, I'm investing. <laughs> I'm putting money back into the podcast. And That's by back great. in, I mean just in. Because yeah. actually we do get some we get some funding from the Patreon guys. So much love to everyone out there that helps with that. We're working it out. We were talking a lot about just now, like about the direction of the podcast before we just started recording. Yeah. You yeah. were curious about it. And so that's part of it, I guess. Mm, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's just like, I, I am trying to grow this thing out. I think that's what we kind of came to conclusion on is I'm doing it for fun. And last year, last episode, I talked about this a lot, but I'm doing it. I'm figuring it out as I go along. I'm having a great time. Yeah. And uh, of course, I'm trying to grow it out and make it better. But, you know, if you have ideas, you just let me know. Yeah. You out there and you right here. Yeah, well, like, you know, I've, I'm filled with ideas. I think if if you let me, I'd probably just come in and take your podcast and slowly be the co-star oh, yeah? until I'm the main star, and See, then I just cut you. That's it. Oh, I just cut you. What the fuck, dude? Yeah, well, what the fuck? You're I mean, gonna need me to you run pull the machines. Your weight, at least. If you pull your weight, hey, you can you we'll can stay. Right? I mean, I'm well, sure I could find a better producer than you, Brandon. Oh, we'll it took you like an hour off, and a half to set this up. Host off, baby. I served you apples, bro. I was like, I was producing. You know, I'm not even. I don't claim to be a producer, man. How I've, dare you? I've, How dare you come in here point. and shit clearly, on my? I've clearly hit a sore point, Brandon. I don't think I've ever seen you this offended, dude. You just better watch your goddamn back. Yeah, right? I'm All not right? having you back on this podcast, yeah. Brandon. <laughs> not having me back on. I'm gonna fucking over. I'm gonna take this piece of table. This. Oh, no, he's actually. I've oh got weapons in my house, Gee, right? So, he's holding a oh, tile that looks really quite sharp. That's this is this yeah, is genuine a much slate. better weapon than I was expecting oh, you to be able to second. pull without leaving your chair. It actually, is already broken. Yeah. No, I keep a, I keep an armament around here. You never know. Mm. You know, I I have not started studying uh, jujitsu yet, so I have to keep myself armed. Um, as good. far as I know, you have no weapons on you. It's that's true. I mean, I think I have a lighter in my pocket, which. I guess what I could I could singe. I, if I had to guess, I'd say pink, but I actually... You no don't idea. have that lighter in your pocket. Do you want, hey, oh, get my lighter out. Right. My jeans are quite tight. So you don't have any lighter. Purple. Fucking orange. Not, oh, not even just, close. I just saw this on the ground and I knew oh, it wasn't mine. So I was like... Damn. I thought I had you. All right. Damn anyway. it. We both had lighters. <laughs> It's a wash. It's on a this wash. One. Yeah, right, we'll it just turns time. out that I'm packing lighters. So <laughs> anyway, yeah. So I'm 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 flying out next Tuesday. Uh, going to actually going to Denmark, so I'm not going home straight away, which is nice. I can kind of have a little bit of sadness that I'm leaving the US, but going to Denmark, so that'll be just that'll a, be a lot of fun. Yeah, a little bit of sad. I mean, quite a bit of sadness. This has been a freaking awesome trip. I think I've been here for over three months. By the time I fly out, just traveling around, meeting everyone, 
which was really, really sick. I had like almost no understanding of the American parkour scene. I think I knew, couldn't, could have named a handful of parkour people from the US. And now I feel like I know a fair different parts of the community, have a lot more friends here, which is really cool. Yeah. What, what, what have you learned? Tell, regale us yeah. with your knowledge. Yeah. Or, oh, or your gosh. fellow Australia, your fellow Aussie, your Aussie landers. Yeah. I mean, the US is great. The, <laughs> <laughs> it gets very fucking cold as it gets closer to Christmas, which I'm not a big fan of. Don't like that feature of America. I mean, it kind of depends where you are. It's big. That's, yeah, that's true. That's the other thing here, I've learned. For sure. I've learned that it's big. And <laughs> actually, before I came, everyone was like, if you don't have a car, you're just going to be screwed because you need a car to get around the US. And I was like, I've traveled. I can do this. I never have a car when I travel. It's never a problem. Got to the US, didn't have a car. It was a problem. Uh, so should have listened. Yeah. Yeah. Listen. Mm. That's what yeah. I'm trying to learn. I'm learning about by listening right now. Yeah. No. Um, so, but the, the community has been, been just really, really incredible. I think the density of high level athletes in America is, is quite a bit higher than I was expecting. And I had pretty high expectations. So that's been really good. I think I was, I was saying that I just came back from Missoula. Oh my God. Well, you, but, you got the, yeah, you're repping unparalleled this right is, now. This is Kent's, Kent's unparalleled movement long sleeve, uh, which I've been repping. Uh, yeah. Gosh, it's like, I think there's seven or eight of them in the team and every one of them can just throw down, which is something I haven't really seen Savages out in, there. Just, in just one community where every single one of them can just throw down so hard, Yeah, which is really, really awesome. Oh my God. Yeah. They're insane out there. I mean, those guys, I've known Kent. It's odd. Like I've known Kent since uh, 2012. Mm. I met him at the Seattle summit competition. I just remember just being blown away by his uh, good looks and his movement, mm. you know? And just being like, damn, this kid is going somewhere. Yeah. And uh, and just being like, I'm not because I'm already like six years older than him and he's better <laughs> than me. Um, but those guys have been, I need I need to go up there. Like I've been saying, go like there. I got to go up there. I have actually yeah. not actually spent any time in Missoula and I've not really spent any time even thinking about going there. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I want to go, but it always just feels like I can't find the time. And that's not true. I have the, the you exact got same. Time, man. I got the same amount of time as you, as yeah. Ken, as fucking I mean, anyone else. I came from Canberra, we, Australia, and went to Missoula. All right. So no excuses for that's you. That's true. Brandon. That's true. And you did it all by yourself. Mm. And I do want to take a high drop on the road. You know, I was saying earlier, but maybe I take it on the air because you were telling me the, ch- the flights are quite cheap. Yeah, cheap flights. Cheap flights around the U.S. often. So you know, if, if you're in the U.S. and you want to go somewhere, just jump on Skyscanner because. I was really surprised with how how many good deals I got for flights. What um what do you think it is the secret to to unparalleled? It's like just I have no idea. I, what I just potency I, right I now. Thought, I mean, obviously, there's a large. They've 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 recently acquired Nate, which is a huge win for mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. for Missoula. Um, but I mean, there's of all the different guys who come from small cities and as someone who comes from a pretty small city, I really appreciate that it, it can be quite difficult to reach a high level when, you know, you're the only one or a, a small number of people training in your city. And they're all just really, really high levels. I mean, they've got Lincoln, they've got Skylar, uh, obviously the guys from um, UM and from Missoula themselves are really high level and Missoula is like 70,000 people. So... Well, I guess the answer yeah. is I have no idea what the secret is, but there's got to well, be we were, some sort of secret. I was talking about it. Here's what I think. 
I think um, one, it's it's age of the community. They've been around for a minute, so they've had time to build up some momentum. They've mm. had time to to have some peaks and valleys, and like just hardened by like you know time. Just time will harden you. Yeah, you know. Yeah, which, but I mean, there's <laughs> a lot also, of communities with also, age. Huh? There's a lot of communities that've been around for a long time. Well, and who also, are, who are not at that high level. That's true, and I think, and this is why there's other factors that I'm. Uh, I, and I think right now they're at like a peak too, you know, like sometimes the whole community takes a dip because of a relocation. And I know they've been relocated, but they've come back super strong, obviously. Mm. And, um, and then the other thing I was thinking, and this is something I think you're alluding to is just the, if there's just someone just like there's sometimes are just super inspiring figures. Yeah. Yeah. Like they have a gym, which is another really big thing. You know, that's something that I think has brought a lot of talent and stuff to, and just community and just, sharpening of everyone's swords here in in the denver scene but like having that access to facilities huge and then having someone who's not normal in like the way that they like achieve their movement is also really inspiring to tell to, to drive everyone else to go further with their own training as well and i think kent obviously is is one of those people like at one time kent i think 2015 or something it was a while ago maybe it was 14 maybe it was 15 he won like every single event maybe at the apex international wow. when it was called invitational yep or i didn't know that or maybe that's, not every single impressive. i don't know what happened maybe, sure, he, maybe he threw he, down really he just, hard or he won like skill and in style or yeah. he just i mean he was just really like it was i think around the time before he broke his leg and he was just like ascending to just like basically one of the highest heights we've ever seen anyone, especially the Americas, come through. Yep. Um, and we know. Yeah. I, that, that just drives like everyone around him to yeah. go higher and harder. And, uh, you know, I don't know if I knew Lincoln back then or where he was at, but like I'm sure he was affected by that and all those guys like Mick and, and Sam and. Yeah, and Mike and everyone else. But yeah, I mean, and I think I think those guys throw down really hard as well. Like Micah is also an incredible oh, athlete, yeah. uh, and I like there might have been an element of just reaching a critical mass in an area where there weren't that many strong communities. So if you're in sort of Washington uh, or Montana region and you wanted to have a strong community, Missoula was your best option, which mm -hmm. is quite, again, I, I've now found that really surprising that say compared to Seattle, which is a huge city and so close to so many other like pretty strong resources that it was, it was Missoula, which is again, a tiny city in Montana was the one that sort of came out on top and has now started attracting all the guys from Washington. Well, it's so, there's so many factors, right? Cause in Seattle, because it's a huge city, all of a sudden now you're dealing with massive overhead. Yeah. And like, and then they had this nonprofit and I don't know the whole ins and outs of it, but I just know that it's a beast. And like they're, they're because they came for, I think origins um, is, excuse me, not origins, visions, parkour visions, the Seattle yep. facility. They might have claimed to the very first parkour facility in the America. Wow. Americans, which, which is another, which, which is like, you're blazing a harder trail there than, than even apex maybe had to blaze. I mean, no, I mean, I think Apex was around the same time where the training programs were, maybe Apexes were first training programs, I think, but we had a facility, like they had their first dedicated facility and we had a facility after that. I think Apex's actual programs maybe go back further. I don't, I don't remember the whole timeline of it, but, um, yeah, but, but I mean, either, but any, way. either way, it's just like that, that comes with its own, its own challenges and, and with Missoula, like maybe just the fact that it is this tinier or smaller town, then you have room to expand. 
the the warehouse costs aren't as high, but even they faced, you know, a usurping of their release, just like we faced here. It's a beast. It's a tough industry, I think, because the warehouse space is so, you know, in a yoga studio, you have fucking 20 to 40 people in one little room. Yeah. You and they're all like a little rectangle. <laughs> just sweet. You're stacking up membership. I've been in yoga classes where my, my mat is overlapping with other people's oh mats. And it's, it's okay. And it's, I mean, it's not great, but yeah, you, it yeah. still works. But you just never work in parkour. Yeah. Facility. And in parkour, you need so much space per member. You know, I, I guess someone mm. who works in and does, you know, help run facilities here in Colorado, it's, it's not logistically an easy thing to to balance that budget when you're when you're especially entrepreneur and you're you know can who knows how young they were when they started yeah, and how young yeah. all of us are just like people figuring it out as we're going along um but yeah the overhead you need huge ceilings if you want to be able to really take advantage of your space you need like yeah. eight feet above the bar like not even you need 12 feet above the bar yeah. so you can run around and jump and there's location like matters. And stuff that dangle down there's like ac units that dangle down that you, you have to work mm. there's a lot that goes into it that like makes it a lot more complex than um than people realize and that's in, and that's why you need both of that it, and it's crazy that kent is kind of the same person in those in that community you know i think it's helpful sometimes to have people that are really good at running the gyms and then there's like these inspiring figures like dylan baker for example yeah hugely inspiring to the Den denver and, and surrounding metro areas like well, trainings and vinnie coriel another like kent's good friend like these guys like helped grow the Colorado community by just being exceptional movers with like incredible. Yeah. Very inspired. I went and saw, uh, the manhood, uh, oh, Kong, Kong to cat jump and was just absolutely blown away. I can't believe that he tried to do it. What was it in 2009, 2010 when, when he first did it? Gosh, I think it's I'd, 2009. I think it was. Uh, so I'd it been training been for a year at that point, and I still would never consider doing that. Uh, I'd call it cat arm. You guys would call it Kong to cat. But, oh, my gosh. What, Dylan Baker is an inspiring individual. He really That really blew me away seeing some of the some stuff I've done. It's yeah. wild, man. Like, uh, but he, he's, I don't know. Yeah. What do you think about that? There's like – there's uh, The manhood. Well, not just manhood, but even even – you know, this is something I'm, I've been kind of, uh, it's come up over the years. Some people like manhood is a great example because, because there's so much weird history kind of behind it where Dylan had this bail and then he came back and conquered it, you know? Um, some people would say that, Oh, leave that. That's his spot. And then other people are drawn to try to, replicate or even like you know try the kong pre or the kong some other thing at that spot do you know if anyone else has done anything across that gap since dylan or other than <laughs> that dylan? specific gap no that specific gap but the gap back on like a little further down the roof the little jump back yep. dylan's done that and then nick or nick also did that jump back um i yeah. wanted to do the dive kong reverse of manhood when right, I was at okay. that spot, I mean, it's not a very far dive Kong, but it is like weird because there's this little bolt that sticks up on the corner. Yeah, and you'd yeah. have to like run and place oh, your still, last still foot. Pretty last step I mean, is the, like, the exposure is. Well, <coughs> a dive Kong is very much simpler in a way. Like yeah. you can you can basically as long as you don't fuck the jump up, you're not gonna yeah, fall you, down the gap. Whereas exactly, like, whereas a, exactly. You know, a cat if, if you arm, completely miss, I'll your go for you if you're, since you're you're our host today. <laughs> I'll go for the cat arm. The cat Thanks, arm guys. across is I don't have to translate it in my head. <laughs> is uh is much more 
Yeah, there's there's so risky. many things that can go wrong, and and it did as you saw in the first attempt, and I think that's one of the more, I guess it's inspiring, but just just impressive that he would go for a a jump like that with such like so many things can go wrong in a cat arm that like would have just ended in if not death serious injury. Oh yeah. Uh, so really, really quite impressive. I, I've personally kind of put cat arms at out of a, the list of movements that I'd be willing to do at death height because of how easy it is for them to go wrong. I, I don't know if you would you have the same sort of approach to that because I like dive <laughs> dive cats or dive kongs, as you said. Like as long as you do the jump, you could completely miss with your hands. Well, it depends. Like at a certain distance, like you would need every ounce of power to do the dive kong. Yeah, which is. You know, you're probably not doing that at height again like that. Um, I I really haven't made up my mind. Like, I, mm. I don't, I don't, I'm definitely not drawn to do cat arms at, at death height. And uh, even cat leaps at death height, like just any, any kind of cat, yeah. anything to a cat is just cat hang yeah. or an arm jump is, is Ooh. just, in, it's, it's, uh, it's fucked up. <laughs> it's fucked up because like you get your arms on the top and you hang on or you die. Yeah. And I think you, you're jumping to your last reserve. Like, mm -hmm. so if you were to do a, a pre and you didn't make the distance, you could hypothetically fall to either like a support or to just to down to, or you could like, yeah, you there, taco there's, and there's fall over. There's lots of things, but yeah. That would keep you on the wall. But if, if you miss like if both your hands pop, which has happened to me, you know, countless times mm -hmm. doing cat leaps, then that's game over. There's there's no more saving it from there. Which and I've done I've done a fair few cat leaps at height, but they were never a a push of my ability. And I was very certain that the mm -hmm. that the hands were solid. I mean, that that jump in particular, like I mean, I've I've talked with Dylan about it, obviously, and like mm. he you know, I did the I did a stadium concat or cat arm, fuck, it's going to be so confusing, especially if you don't do parkour. <laughs> You're vaulting into a hang onto a wall, basically. Yeah. And uh, grab it with your hands over and your a gap, feet over a gap. just smeared against the side of the wall. Yeah. Um, like, I know the distance of that, of that Kong to cat, that the manhood one is not, it's not easy. It's not nothing, but it's not like, uh, you know, when Dylan went for it the second time, he was going for the Kong Prix. Like right. that's a doable Kong Prix if you hit it perfectly, potentially. Yeah. Um, potentially. I mean, it's far for a Kong Prix. It's, it's, it's so really I, I far for a Kong Prix. I couldn't Pri. standing Prix it. It'd be really far for a Kong Prix. I couldn't standing Prix it either. Um, plyo, you could get across. Yeah. But, you know, you, you know, some people could standing Prix it. But anyhow, what I was saying is just that uh, the distance, it just kind of depends. Like nothing's off the table as far as I'm concerned. If mm. I feel the call of the jump, then I feel it. And like, yeah, they call the jump, baby. <laughs> yeah, do you like that? Yeah, I like that. I mean, that. that's, a, that's an that old be the school title move. Of your book. The call of the jump. Yeah, a Brandon Douglas experience. Uh, dude, I could never take credit for that phrase. I'm sure that's like- I'm that, sure that's, someone said that's it. That's some old school shit. I think I got it off of Seb or- Oh, knows. really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, no, I thought you were just, just have, you know, talking wank over there. No, no, no. I mean, it's a, it's a real thing. Great. Original Yamakaze member approved or whatever. Yeah. Oh, you know, I'm not, I'm not here to argue with the founders, Brandon. <laughs> so. Um, that's what I try to listen to most is just like, what is that challenge that is the right one for me? And not really, I don't really even try to, I try not to even, the more I, the more I grow out of, um, or into my like 
art history. Like for a long time, like, yeah, you're breaking down techniques and you're trying to, and you should always remain like a, you know, a learner, whatever, right. A student of the game. Yeah. But, um, but with Kongs and cat leaps and stuff like a Kong to a cat leap, I know that movement, you know, well enough that like, there's not really anyone out there that I'm going to go like, I need to study under this person for Kong cat technique yeah you know what i mean not. like that's not that's not the thing so like it becomes more of an artistry it's like what are you drawn to what do you what do you what's what's that if you feel if you see the environment inspires you to do the kong to cat leap or the arm the cat to arm jump same thing that's mm. what i would pay attention to more i wouldn't really try to like sure oh, you, don't, you don't have Fuck a black list of movements you're just never gonna do at height no, Fuck yeah, no. obviously yeah i think i would agree i would oh. I mean, I mean, that's probably not going to happen. I won't lie. Like, I'm just, I don't see myself doing it, yeah. but it's not on a blacklist. I, I think it's an interesting point. A lot of my height stuff though. is like, it's changed as I've aged. Yeah. And I don't know if, if that happens to everyone, but I think it, it definitely like, yeah, your risk adversity goes. It does it slowly creep out. up. It creeps up a little bit as you get older. And that's just annoyingly what time does to you. Yeah. But also it's fortunate because. Maybe that's just what it is. <laughs> you gotta, yeah. you gotta play the odds. I definitely. You gotta I've, know when to walk away from the craps table. I've, I've become more risk averse at height as I'm slowly be, uh, like getting a bit older, uh, which I think is just age. I can't really say that it's because my technique's getting like twenty three. Twenty three. Yeah, oh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm an old man. Dude, you pretty, haven't even pretty much you? gray. Hair is pretty much gray <laughs> at this point, Brandon. Bro, dude. My career Where's is your walker? over. Yeah, it's it's out the front. I didn't want to bring it in because I thought you'd make fun of me. Fucking geriatric yeah, out here. Nah, do, you need so, a, do you need a nap real quick? Yeah, that, that would we be We can take a nap I, real I do quick. actually have to take like heart medication stuff pretty soon. Oh, yeah. Do you have one of those you know, little like trays? That yeah, has, like, pacemaker. Yeah, I actually can't walk through an airport without getting dinged because of all my replaced joints from, you know- you being, gotta get that titanium, being bro. That twenty-three years of ripe, ripe <laughs> age. <laughs> no, but so when I was probably doing the the highest, uh, the movements at height the most, I would have been about nineteen, and I had a, a much more blasé approach to doing stuff at height, and I wouldn't have thought as much about you know making sure that there was a backup, making sure that I, if something went wrong in the movement, I had options to save myself. Mm. Whereas now I, I really do think that far ahead and I think I've actually sat down and thought about my own mortality enough to really want to feel extremely comfortable in the movement, which has definitely not stopped me doing stuff at height. Uh, and I still love it and I still included a big part of my training when, when I can. Mm. Uh, but yeah, a lot more, I think a lot more about what it's going to be. And so, so movements like Kong to cats or cat to arms – uh, I probably just would, it would need to be a goddamn perler of a jump. <laughs> perler. A perler of a jump. That's such an Aussie fucking it. word. Yeah, but I feel like it, it captures what I'm trying to yeah, say yeah, quite no, well. Yeah, I get you. I'm right there with you. Yeah, and now that I think it, it might even be like, as I've done a bit more uh, rigging and highlining and rock climbing and, and learning kind of about how to create backup systems and stuff like that, and just stared at a drop for long enough and thought about what it would be like to fall down it has really like affected Dude, my psyche was, on I how it does. I was climbing with Nick the other day. Me and him went on a climb, which he just posted about a few times, and I think I did as well. If you want to check it out, well, you actually can't see the climb, but there's a video like, coming we, out on his channel rock eventually. Climbing or no, 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 we did some building, and yeah. um, we both were walking up to this like iron set of steel iron things on uh, Colorado School Mines campus in Golden. We're like, oh shit! We're both like, let's climb that shit. 
and we're getting stoked on it. And as I was like halfway up, I like I, I just started climbing. I was like, I know I'm capable. Like I could assess already. I'm like, there's it's steel iron, um, yep. cast iron or whatever. Not cast iron. It's just like yeah, whatever. It's, it's, it's not. It's, you're not gonna pull it off. It's 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 perfectly sturdy and it's got. It's the steel girders is what I meant to say. Steel girders. It's right. like plenty of like stuff to grip on, like I-beams. Yeah. I knew like everything is there that I need to climb. But halfway up, we got to like this little thing I had to balance across and it was all wet from the rain that had happened earlier. And so then on the next thing, I'm just like, and I usually like think of all the worst things. Like you're saying, you think about your mortality before I'm in the challenge. Mm. Like that's part of my process is I think oh about gosh, the worst you, case scenario. If you're thinking about the worst case scenario when you're doing the challenge, you're fucked up. Yeah, no, that, that happened to me for a split second. Yeah, no, that's, I've I was had in that. a perfectly safe position. I was like literally, even if I'd let go with my arms and legs, I was like in a penguin slide on this beam. <laughs> like it was fine. I was going uh, up diagonally. No, we've all been there. We've all had to go down to the butt shuffle <laughs> a couple of times. I was, like, I was just like, uh, but I had this like, split second thought of just like me just falling like hitting my head on something on the way down and nick just going oh god and i'm just on the ground like eh, making those like seizure noises because that's what would happen to me probably and then um <laughs> you look and like him, and him just having sure. his and i was just thinking about the gopro footage because he had his gopro on and just just my fucking twisted twisted limp corpse oh dear sounds vivid <laughs> sounds sounds i mean awfully just like vivid. it's fucked up to especially to have that thought during it it was a it was a split second but it was just Usually you go through that beforehand. That's terrifying. I hadn't, I hadn't like had that during a, but that's part of like what climbing is different because with parkour, usually I have all those thoughts, but it's, it's short bursts of, of single or maybe a few dynamic movements. It's not yeah, this it's sustained, seconds. it's not this sustained mental battle. And like, that's, I think why I came up against that. Cause I was like, you know, I was, I was doing it for over a minute before we got to that point. And, yeah. um, that's why that Alex Honnold climb is absolutely mind-boggling because it's, what, three hours of that? Yeah, which, and, like, really tough as mm -hmm. well. I mean, I, I hit so much higher level than I could ever climb in a gym, let alone however many, well, <laughs> like and a he, kilometer off he, the ground. He, of course, rehearsed it. Yeah, so you he'd know, done like, it many times. He'd done it hundreds of times, probably, and with ropes, <laughs> and then he was just executing. He did, like, so many dress rehearsals, basically. He's just performing now and he said he felt insanely calm and that's i i mean i can relate to that because um and whereas i like on-sided this thing with nick the other day which is like basically on-siding little climbing lingo vocabulary for those fans out there means you when you just on-site on-site implies a flash a flash is when you do something first try but you've seen somebody do it maybe right. or, or you know, the beta or like right. the beta exists or yeah. But yeah. like on site, I think, and I actually might be fucking wrong now, but on site is when you don't even know like what you're going to do when you like how you're going to get to the top. You just yeah. start climbing it and you go up okay. and you finish. Yeah. I, so wasn't, I wasn't sure of the difference. Um, but with Alex and like, what was I saying? Shit. Yeah. It's funny. You should, bring up alex uh in the context well i oh, mean it makes oh, sense the dino yeah. yeah okay sorry sorry i don't want to no, that's fine you just, hey, hold, just hold on to that thought i'm sorry this i don't want to cut I'm you host, off mate i don't this i don't is, interrupt yeah, you people. gotta let me talk bro <laughs> let me talk here okay this no, is my episode I will, now I will, I will i will however All just right. power through your interruption <laughs> uh and because he talks one of the, one of the earlier things i listened to from honald was talking about like 
when you're on the side that, that is much more applicable to climbing than it is to parkour movements at height because of the sustained amount of time that you're in danger mm. uh, is that feeling of being overcome with fear. Mm. And you can, it does literally feel like something is rising up through your chest, which sounds like it's probably what happened to you when you had that vivid idea of what would happen if you <laughs> fell off. And I, I know I've, I've definitely got a wild imagination. Been climbing a couple of times. I think the first time I remember having this, I was like 15 in Malaysia, just doing a little climb um, over an I beam as well, and was just went to dead hang and then just. Uh, just over this stadium, like I would have would have hurt myself a lot if not died, if I fell, and all of a sudden my own mortality hit me, and I oh just my God. it yeah it was such <laughs> a like I started to panic. I've had that I and, think two or three times, and it's all been climbing. Yeah, yeah. Which, I, was, I was climbing this waterfall once. I remember before way before I ever started training parkour. It was it's called the hike. For, for the fans out there, there's a few people that know I'm talking about. The hike. <laughs> the hike. And uh, it's after Tunnel 3 in Clear Creek Canyon. Oh. And it's, it's actually called Elk Creek. But um, there's like this frozen waterfall that you could climb up. And it was just so slick. And I just remember looking behind me. And I was like, if I fall, I probably will drown actually. And be like severely injured. Because I'll go into this ice thing underneath the ice and just get trapped under there that's that's my worst bones. nightmare i was like and i started freaking out and i was holding on to like shrubs and stuff it was not good so you get the, yeah talk the about worst, risk adversity that was the worst of both worlds thank yeah. god i found parkour later in life maybe for me because i could have probably killed myself like i don't know if that's part of um guys plan or some shit Guys, <laughs> eh, eh. I don't know what i'm talking about now, i don't but know like, either that's that that's oh sorry for the pop culture reference that's, yeah um, no we talked about this Oh great! I don't know, but I love uh, track. the uh, just the risk adversity, like it's. I think for me, what I what I it didn't really hit me until I was like 27, 20, 27, 28. Not even. Mm. Well, it just shifted again. I guess I've always had it, but it just felt like it shifted. Yeah, I would I would say it's definitely shifted, and I I love talking to different people because I think it's such an individual. Uh, thing that people deal with so differently. Some people are just incredible at being able to recognize the risk and then just put it out of their head. Mm. And I think Honold is a good example of that. Callum Powell is another good example of that, of, of people who just seem like they're not scared at all. But when you talk to them about it, not that I've had well, a conversation you, with Honold, but I have talked to If you have the preparation, Callum. You get there, right? Mm. Like I think about Alex Honnold, I think about Callum. I think about the the probably the gnarliest thing I think in my history is I did this ascent up this parking garage in Boulder where it was like a series of the four dinos, basically, four like dino movements. Yeah. And it's 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 similar in a way to Kong to Cat because it's a one arm cat leap. <laughs> yeah. Every move is a one arm cat leap. If if you don't get the hand for a second, that's yeah. probably game over. And it's game over. Or at least broken ankles and legs or something, or in you know, especially in the last jump. But I got myself to a stage where I really wasn't bothered by it. I felt very confident during during the the move. But it, oddly enough, after I had done it, and I don't know what Alex Honnold feels like. I think he mentioned this in his Joe Rogan podcast, or maybe it was a TED Talk I watched of him. Uh, there was another thing he free soloed. I think it was like the Dawn Wall or some shit. He's done a lot of free solos. I don't, think, of free I don't think it's free solo the Dawn Wall. Okay, no, it wasn't that then. It was Half Dome, Half Dome. Yeah. He's definitely um, free solid half dome. He's he free solid half dome, and he got to the top, and he felt like a little sketched out by the way that he did it. He got to the certain point where he kind of like was overcome with panic, and then had to just 
he was like, there's literally nothing else I can do. This is me on the shrubs too. It's like, well, I either fall down and drown or I at least try to, to climb up. There's yeah. literally, there's nothing else to do. You have to logic your way into the next movement. No one's around to throw you yeah. a rope or yeah. so it's yeah, like, all right, a helicopter. You're here. It's time. Like you get that real fight or flight mode. Yeah. And um, that's not a good feeling. But like the first time I went to the third level, I remember I was confident going into it. But then when I, sorry, excuse me, this parking garage, I'm yeah. going back and forth. The parking garage climb, there's four jumps. The first one is fucked up if you messed up, but it's you're survivable with probably just a bruised heel. And then the second and third or the third and fourth, excuse me, like those ones are you really don't want to take those. They're, you're definitely fucked. And the, so the <laughs> they, first uh, time... Under no circumstance <laughs> yeah. are you to take the On the, the third drop. one, the first time I went up to the third one, I remember being like, ooh, I did not like that. I did not like the way that went necessarily. I felt very confident. I did it. But after I like did it, I had this adrenaline going. Yeah. And it was just like, it didn't feel like I made a bad decision, but it felt like... <clears throat> it, just felt, was it, just felt, it just felt like, yeah, no. I don't know if that's um, if I've done enough preparation. Yeah. But then yeah. after I did the 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 fourth level, you know, which was a couple probably a few weeks or a month later, then I realized that like I felt really calm and I was proud of it all, but there was something weird for me in that I did not feel like I wanted to do many of those challenges. You know, I was like, you know what? I really was excited to to push myself into this domain where I'm doing I'm really showcasing that 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 Callum style, the Alex Honnold style thing, but I don't know if I have what Alex Honnold has, you know? Like I don't know if I have the desire to like really put myself in that position for three and a half hours for sure. But like even on many more of these challenges, I was like, that seems like a, a I don't know. Again, maybe it's that risk adversity. I, but I was just yeah. like, I, I don't think that's for me. Um, I, yeah. I think I got to be very careful. Like I felt the very strong call of the jump on that one, but even, even completing it made me realize that like, okay, nothing really changes. Like how much does that really mean to you? Because for, I put a lot of meaning into that, but it wasn't, you know, almost exactly what I expected after completing it. I was like, okay, yeah. I, I might've made another, even though I thought I was calm and everything was great. I might've made another slight error in, in, figuring and trying to assess what this challenge means to me and what it actually is what the risks and yeah, rewards exactly. are, what are you willing about. to risk for yeah. the achievement and i i think mm -hmm. this often as someone who does things at height i'm happy to think that there is a lot of situations where i do think the risk is quite small and the reward is is actually pretty fulfilling mm -hmm. uh but at the same time and i, I think this I'm learning this as I get older and as I sort of talk to more people who are excellent at height movement in parkour and see people who are far more willing to take risks in things like base jumping oh, yeah. and um, high lining and, and rigging and that sort of stuff and rock climbing. And I'm slowly of the opinion, and this sort of changes as it goes, but right now that it is really a some people just get it and some people are happy to take those risks yeah. and some people just have a mental capacity to deal with those situations. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think while, while I'm not terrible at dealing with fear, I don't think I'm ever going to be one of those people who are really, really good at There's actually a gene for that. Oh, really? There, there's a, a associated gene. I actually remember I just got, an, uh, I was looking through some, because I did that DNA mapping or whatever. Yeah. And they, they send you some updates and stuff. And one of my updates is is the percentile that I fall on on like my adversity to fear 
of heights. I think it's specifically of heights. It's not about just risk taking, well, but it's, it's about heights. Incredibly relevant to this conversation. It's super interesting. You go? Where did you fall? I was uh, less afraid than the average, but but not like by a huge margin. I think it was like maybe twelve percent or something like off of of average or sure, something. You weren't, you weren't. I wasn't like in like the crazy percentile where, you know. But you might have expected of someone who you know I. Like you would have done a lot more training and height than the average person off the street. Yeah, yeah. Which, and again, I think like most people c- could train themselves to be able to deal with height and to deal with situations like that. I mean, there's some people who just have really debilitating fears of heights. Mm-hmm. And ma- maybe that would be so difficult to overcome. Oh my god, I'm yeah. not sure. Yeah. Uh, but I also, you know, seeing people who are way further down that scale yeah, and really I'm very curious to see like other good. people's gening mapping. Yeah, it'd be, you know? it'd be super interesting. I don't, I don't know if you've seen Free Solo with Honnold to yet. bring it back, but they do talk, like they do a brain scan on him, which is a, I don't know. I've, I felt like they probably should have explained the science a lot more before mm. they sort of just put out the results uh, because in it, spoilers alert, uh, <laughs> it's not a very big part of the documentary. <laughs> And also, he's still here, so we all know he's the still, real so spoiler alert that yeah. he's not dead. Yeah, which is great. I'm <laughs> stoked about that. Uh, and he, the report of his brain scan is like that the part of the brain that is normally associated with fear isn't as active or is almost completely dead in oh, Holland. Wow. And I, I don't know anything about brain science, but I know enough to know that it's really quite complex. So you couldn't just say, yeah. oh, this person doesn't... Like one yeah. brain scan well, is not enough to give you really conclusive evidence as to how he experiences fear. Uh, but it was, it did, you know, it was alluding to say that, you know, biology is absolutely a big part of how people deal with fear and I especially wonder, at heights. I wonder if his, I mean, he's been doing free soloing and working these challenges and curating his brain, it feels like almost for years, decades maybe, right? I wonder if that has anything to do with it too. Obviously, there's a biological thing. I wonder, because again, we don't know much about the brain. So I wonder also if that brain scan reflects something that he made, you know, like with his choices or, or maybe, and then this comes back to this free will shit where it's like, or maybe he made those choices because his brain's like that, you know, who knows? Yeah. Chicken or the egg. (laughs) Chicken or the egg. Yeah. So I think it could probably a bit of both to, Mm -hmm. to be honest. Um, He seemed to at least leaned into that part of himself, right? Yeah, I don't know. and definitely, and I mean, Honold more than anyone, but I think it's a scale and, and you could look at a lot of different people in parkour uh, who are able to, you know, switch the fear off more successfully than others and people who maybe had incredible amounts of fear and no natural talent at heights and who have mm. been able to push through it. And I think, there's yeah, there's a lot of interesting interviews to be had around that with people who are really good at heights and people They're who are not. super fascinating yeah. because it comes with its own other complications right if you have this risk adversity that's super high and you're really safe you you have a very complete like you said like it's a very completely different approach to heights training that might invariably or it might actually build you um just like this much more unique skill set that might be taking you further and like for me max henry's coming to mind because i know max henry is just more disciplined and i don't know what how he would how he feels about heights in particular I don't remember like talking to him about that so much. I can't but recall. A lot I know of that like heights, he's, sure he he's seems to, good. as far as I know, like let's say he's if we if we go on the scale of uh, him like or Dylan doing manhood, Dylan's probably way more or way less risk adverse or maybe way more willing to take those risks. Um, 
but so Dylan, I think man had happened like three years into his training or something. Oh my God. Or something like, you know, something insane like <laughs> what that. <a> savage. <laughs> savage, right? Um, but for Max, I don't think that manhood is out of the question for him now. No. It's just a very different path to get there. And, um, you know, I don't think, I don't know if that's something he's drawn to at all, but I'm just saying it's, it's odd that like they can eventually hit the same things. Uh, and that maybe that's even still just the peak for, for either one of them. Like maybe it's just, that's the peak amount of acceptable risk for, you know, reasonable human beings. And then there's just like different ways to get there. And then there's a certain yeah. point where, you know, you see the people that are just falling off of the map, I guess. Like, yeah, who knows? I, I mean, not in parkour, <laughs> luckily, literally. but like, you know, in, in base jumping, there's yeah, a huge, huge propensity to, you know, proximity wingsuit flying, I think has the highest death per capita or something of like participants. Oh yeah. It's crazy. I mean, again, the people who do it are normally well aware of the risks and it's mm -hmm. not as though it's like if you get into it there's a hundred percent chance you're gonna die but there's a pretty good chance you're gonna know someone what? who dies exactly and which that's is like, also something you'd I, like i would need to prepare myself mentally for yeah that's odd right because that what i'm what i'm trying to like figure out or like it just bring up is that number of the the higher death rate in base or proximity wingsuit flighting or whatever it's is it due to the actual activity, of course, but also is it also just due to this fact that some people are drawn to it and some of the riskier people are drawn to it, but maybe a Max Henry gets drawn into proximity wingsuit flying or someone who's less risk adverse or way more risk adverse. God damn it. It's kind of hard to use this double <laughs> negative, but like someone who's generally like actually scared of heights for someone that gets into to proximity wingsuit flying that's scared of heights, maybe it's actually not you know, all that dangerous a sport, but it just attracts like this certain mind that is riskier. And those are the reasons for the stats, but maybe it's just as, as benign as, um, I mean, I guess it's not right. Like it couldn't be, there's just too many variables. But, I think uh, there, there is... there's just certain things like it just, it seems like the risk it's more human based, like some of these things than, than we, you know, it's not proximity wingsuit flighting. It's just like, if you're into that, you probably already have like this risk yeah, acceptance. No, there's definitely sort of a self-selection bias. Yeah. And if like, and if it wasn't wingsuit flighting, flighting, flying, <laughs> if it wasn't proximity wingsuit flying, would it have been risky race jumps and parkour? Would it have been part race car driving? Would it have yeah. been like drugs and would it have been partying and yeah. going hard? Like, would it have been anything? Smoking four and packs just of like, cigarettes a day because exactly. you're that sort like, of person. That's all I'm asking, you know? I think yeah, probably I, there's I something think there. I I would say for for base jumping there are pretty objective risks. It is definitely possible to be into base jumping and have a very low level of risk, but you wouldn't be doing things that are pushing you as much, mm. which means I think a lot of it is, you know, you're always seeking the next thrill. Yeah. So if you were only ever jumping off really, really high bridges that don't have any clearance mm. or, or anything that you can be blown into mm. nearby. So if you open your chute yeah, and something yeah, goes yeah. wrong if with you your chute. If you're going the wrong way, you're not flying you're into not a You're not flying ball. straight into a cliff yep. and the wind isn't as much of a factor uh, and stuff like that. Then I think you could, you could definitely, and I'm sh certain there are base jumpers out there who are really, really safe and yeah. really, really rational. I, I want to live in that era where we figure this stuff out and we can see like the psychological profile for each discipline and like, and then test like the Alex Honnolds in that sport and like, where do they fall? Are they actually like atypical of mm. the discipline and that's what gave them the achievement in that sport? Or is it, 
they're Some, actually the, is it the training regime? Is it yeah, yeah. sort of decisions they made early on that anyone could have made mm-hmm. that they just sort of stuck to? Which I think like Max Henry is a really good example because I know that man just thinks through yeah so many things and and really really well mm-hmm. and he's just his progression is slow but so steady and now he's you know on top of his game and doing really really impressive things. And not injured at all, which is, which <laughs> well, is actually, impressive. he is injured right now. Oh, Unfortunately, he, he, fucked he, it, he blasted, his, he blasted his AC joint doing like a back full on wet grass or some shit. Oh, no. Uh, or I think of that, something like that. Oh, dear. Some kind of like. Oh, no, Max. That's what you get, Max. You stick <laughs> to your fucking pre's and vaults. And yeah. sh- you all right? He did the sickest. I don't know if you saw his line. He, I don't know, whatever. He did a 360 running pre. He was doing like this really cool line. I was getting into and that. And apparently he smashed his AC joint. But. He's coming to Colorado. Yeah, in he's February moving here or January soon, or which will be so. great. I then we're gonna yeah. get that boost. We're getting that <laughs> that that inspiration boost. You can slowly become Missoula with we'll just attracting Missoula. more and more. Hey, we were Missoula athletes. before Missoula was Missoula, right? <laughs> That's we true. Were out here a little, That's true. We had, we had we had our own little era. I'd never heard of uh, Missoula before I came, but I had definitely heard of Boulder and yep. Denver. Where else did you go? Uh, you went through than, California. Yeah, or? so I did. I did California. I did that with the um, with the Storm Boys. Mostly hung around the Bay Area. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. And we you, went to Yosemite. Dude, the Santa Cruz spots looked insane. The Santa Cruz spots were insane. I the um, I think it's UC Santa Cruz. It, it's just a really, really beautiful campus with a lot of really interesting architecture that is just fantastic for parkour. That was and, before you came on the first time, right? Yeah, that okay, was long yeah, before. I think we I talked about yeah. it. Yeah. That was dope. Um, so that was that was a lot of fun, uh, and then I went up to Canada and I I tried to get in contact, uh, very 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 vaguely tried to get in contact with the community there, and failed. So didn't really train in Toronto or Ontario, um, and then Boston with Davis, uh, New York, and then down to here, and that's when when I met you. Boom, so son. it's been it's been great. Been seeing a lot of different cool things, dude. Your your Australianness, see. You guys are going to eventually overtake us all because you're all prison blood. Yeah, exactly. You're all just like degenerates that have just like hardened bloodlines. I've sorts. been trying to hide it, but you, you're seeing through my, <laughs> seeing through the ruse. Oh, yeah. No, I can tell. I've, I've already stolen three things from your house, mate. Oh, yep. Yep. <laughs> Fucking derelicts out here. Just, <laughs> just being savage. I don't know what that, I mean, that's, that's a real thing. I, I mean, that's just fascinating to me is like all these different cultures and all these things pop up and it's, it's seen in not just parkour, obviously, but you look at music, you look at art, you look at other movement disciplines, Paul, anything, any name it. It's like, there's little hubs yeah, where people yeah. like get into it and all of a sudden it grows yeah, and it we, becomes you like this. Get little, little cultures within themselves, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is really cool. So obviously parkour is a culture. But then there's an American parkour culture. There's a European, and even within and even Europe, with that, there's, there's like you know there's different communities. sections, city cultures, mm-hmm. uh, and then even cultures within groups within cities, which is really really interesting. And it's actually something that I have really enjoyed doing as I've been traveling around the U.S. Uh, because obviously the U.S. is a massive country, and the culture just between the states having nothing to do with parkour does change quite a bit mm-hmm. depending on where you are. And being able to travel through all these different communities uh, and I really like to talk to people about, you know, their views both politically and completely like having nothing to do with parkour uh, and their outlooks on life and being able to sort of like see how it changes from area to area within the parkour community is is really interesting. And that's something I've been doing a lot of um, this trip and it's 
yeah, it's been super fascinating hearing different people's views on different things. Um, like, so for example, uh, some of the views <laughs> in the series, like of the people I hung out with in the Bay Area, were you know different to the views of say Max Henry in New York or Davis in Boston. What kind of views are you talking? About? <laughs> Tell me about these. Yeah, views. well, I mean, so it, it was really. Um, I was able to hang out with uh, Sean Kelly, who is um, firstly one of the nice, the the father of Ryan Kelly in Bay Area, mm -hmm. part of Equinox. Okay, and he is a really, really fascinating dude. Like one of the nicest guys for um, like putting us up. He drove me so many places. He took me to his local gun range, let me shoot his guns, paid for my <laughs> ammunition. That was really lovely. But he's also like a very adamant Trump supporter. Oh yeah, and as someone who's really interested in in politics and have met, like I've met Trump supporters before, but not many that well, very few who are one American. Uh, and <laughs> well, it's at least half of us, basically. Yeah, or yeah. It was at one point. Yeah, so maybe not. A, maybe not huge Trump supporters, but a lot of them were just anti-Hillary. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. People, there's, there's, you know, there, I mean, there has to be at least a large portion of the nation, otherwise he wouldn't be president. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, it's not that easy for someone who comes from a pretty, like, liberal bubble and park or yeah, being very interesting. In San Francisco, that's not the, that's not the ideology <laughs> no, out there. No, definitely. I mean, California is one of the safer democratic seats. Yeah. Um, and the... You know more about, <laughs> I should have given you my ballot, dude. You know, it sounds like you know more about politics or United States politics than I do. Yeah, I, I find it really, really interesting, which is why I found it, a really valuable experience to go around and talk to so many different Americans about their political views. Mm. We just elected the first gay governor, I think in the United States history to Colorado, Jared Polis, openly gay, at least. Um, that's, that's a stat that I can't confirm because again, I don't know Dick about politics, but, uh, that's a potentially, I trust the source of a, yeah. a milestone. For well, I mean, the election was yesterday, day before yesterday. Yep. And, <clears throat> Excuse me. There was, you know, some big changes for the House mm -hmm. of, of Congress, uh, but uh, at the same time, you know, as not much of the blue wave that people were expecting uh, happened. So, you know, obviously the Republicans held on to the Senate yeah. uh, and Trump didn't get de-seated as much as I think a lot of people were hoping he would. Mm. But at the same time, a lot of really interesting Democrats got elected. I know there was some uh, Native people or people who had native um, origin in their heritage were elected. A lot of women, really high women representative representation in this, in this election, which is really awesome to see. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it's still a Republican held Senate uh, and mm. Trump is still president uh, and he's not going to go anywhere anytime soon. But, yeah, being able to sort of go around and talk to different people about it was a really awesome experience for me, mm. uh, and especially when you're kind of able to contrast that with the parkour culture that they grew up in. Obviously, parkour is almost exclusively left-wing uh, progressive people, in my experience. Yeah. But there are little pockets where that's not the case. Yeah, yeah, for and sure. And so it's, it's been super fascinating being well, it's able to just like to anything else, right? It's like that. once the group of people gets large enough, it's – you're you're you're, you're dividing like more yeah more diversity, which is a good thing. You know, I think it's important that we all don't try to to yeah. You know, it helps us all get better. Yeah, to get to get different 
Absolutely. have your views challenged and stuff. Is there um is there any like one thing that you feel like why do why did you get so into American politics? Is it just Yeah. Well I mean so my degree uh is in international security studies, which is sort of the studies of uh how states interact to be secure, which kind of means conflict, but it's a broader term of, than just conflict. States meaning like nations? Sorry, nation and, states, okay. yeah, yep. so countries. The, mm-hmm. the way that countries look for security in mm-hmm. this world. Uh, and in this world, the United States is by far the biggest and has been since the end of World War Two. Yeah, what up? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And Son, these guys, these guys run the world. I like how I take credit for it because I'm just yeah, lucky. Brand, to- Brandon had a lot to do with it. I, think. I had a lot to do with it. Uh, so it, pretty much, if you want to understand how security around the world works and how nations and how conflict works, you need to know a lot about what the US is doing. Yeah. So. In Australia, even though we're on the other side of the world, we're allied to America. America has a very, very strong hold uh, in security in Asia. So Mm -hmm. up until pretty recently, and now it's quite debatable, just as China's starting to rise, Mm. um, the US had complete monopoly of power over the waterways of Asia, which is where the a Just massive percentage, over fifty percent like, of the trade yeah. um, that happens around the world goes through you know certain choke points yeah, in yeah, Asia yeah. that was controlled by the US because oh, wow. the navy was so big because and it never really left since it defeated Japan in World mm-hmm. War Two. So if you want to know the way the world is going, or I you want to have an understanding of of where <laughs> conflict zones are going to be, hot hot topics to watch, you need to have a really good understanding of US foreign policy and to understand your foreign. U.S. foreign policy, you've got to have an understanding of U.S. domestic politics. Mm. Uh, And also, just way more interesting because, well, you've got a reality TV host as your president right now. Yeah, this is- So that's just, you know, far more interesting. Yeah, like we're growing up as a a nation, like, and it's weird because what what do you think puts- are we just lucky enough to have stumbled across like a lot of resources, you know, or like the the the, the early colonizers so of the United, the United States? I mean, yeah, we. I mean, whatever. You know, people that founded the United States and obviously like slaughtered natives and did a lot of horrible things and enslaved people and. But like, what what put America in the seat of power? Is it just like the vast resources and the ability to? Well, I think the the first and most obvious answer is it's the largest population of an industrialized economy, Mm. which means, so obviously the average American is making quite a lot of money on the average state, the same way that the average Australian is making quite a lot of money compared to the average person who lives in Asia. Mm -hmm. Uh, But- America has we have 300 and, 350 or 350,000 yeah. people doing it. It's so the third most populated nation in the world. And each one of them is made, each one of those people is a really quite powerhouse of economic um, do you think productivity. It has, do you think it has to do with our policies? Like, what's kept, I mean, we're yeah. very young still. Like, this, because, like, I mean, I am fascinated by this stuff. I'm not educated on it like you are, but it does fascinate me and that's one of the reasons why i got into to gun culture mm. and like started like and why i bought my first gun last year and why i'm like just i mean i'm dipping my toe but because it is just it's it's starting to open up this this door of 
conflict and like why why do you want weapons why do you want to control things like what is what does this all mean and especially on the grand scale of of like you're saying like global politics like i'm just starting to open these these doors so i mean i am fascinated like what what uh i forget what we were talking about but i just yeah, so, i mean i like us is is really really interesting and i i think just to quickly circle back and answer why the US is the biggest nation. Mm-hmm. The the main point is just sheer resources of the fact that the population is massive mm-hmm. and industrialized. So if all of Europe was one nation, then that nation that would, be, would be more powerful well, that's than the why US. The, was that partly why the EU uh, was yeah, created to it, help it was. I mean, the compete the EU, with, with this or with our economy, and it wasn't. It was never really to compete okay. um, because I mean, most of the EU is in NATO, which is the North Atlantic Treaty so Organization. Already, uh, so an really, allied force. Everyone wants the US to do well. Mm-hmm. Who's part? Who's allied with the US? And that's most of Europe. It, it, the reason the EU was created was partly for security reasons, but it certainly wasn't because they were like, we're going to take the US on in this, you know. Uh, the South China Sea, and we want Europe to be the dominant force in Asia. That mm. was never why the EU was created. Yeah. Uh, that's far more NATO territory, which is a what, completely is there, security-based is still like, organization. Is there struggles? Because like we've we've come to this more. It's started to balance out, right? People aren't trying to st- occupy lands and stuff, at least in the industrialized nations. Like. Yes, we're, we're, in a, we're in an area where states don't, or nations don't really invade nations mm-hmm. as much, uh, especially compared to in pre-World War times. Um, and that has changed a lot of the way that in, nations interact, which is really, really interesting. Um, and there's a lot of arguments to be made whether or not that's going to hap- be the case for the next 500 years or whether or not we just happen to live in a world where... Things have calmed down a bit. <laughs> Things have calmed down a little bit. Colonization is no longer seen as a possible <laughs> uh, thing to do as a nation, but you will still see the biggest nation in the world, like in the world, and a lot of the bigger nations that can do it, putting their own influence over smaller nations. And yeah. you can see that in the Middle East. You how, can is, see how is this Asia thing coming up? Like, well, how obviously. Like you, you're seeing like a potential conflict point there. It seems like, or I don't know, like where where are these things? Like, what does that mean? Because these empires rise and fall, right? And then right now we're the the biggest empire in a way, or you could yep. say like we're the biggest force. You know, the United States. What do you think could be? You know, what what does it what does it look like for us to to lose control of that? And why would it happen? Do you think if that's if it's even or is it like we're too closely net to get with NATO and with all the trade things? Uh, are we too, are we too, are we too big to fail? Like the banks well, were or some shit? It. Like, are we, what's going on here? I mean, there's definitely a lot of people who will look at they're too big to fail. And I, and the US is not going to have a, the second biggest military force for a really, really long time. So the only real competitor is China. Mm-hmm. And that's because as I was sort of talking about the industrialized economy, China has almost four times as many people as America does. Mm. So for China to have an economy that is more powerful and more productive than the US, all they need to do is have the average Chinese person producing more than one quarter of the average mm. American. So this is really, really crude. The economics yeah, yeah, is far yeah. more like complicated than that. And that's where we're getting and to. That's what- and China is now just tipping over. And depending on which way you want to measure economies, because there's a few different mm-hmm. ways you can measure an economy, China's surpassed mm. the US. But just having a big economy doesn't necessarily 
translate to having a strong force. Mm -hmm. So the US has by far the most technologically advanced weapons. They've got huge amounts of industries. You've got huge assets and you are willing to put in far more money into it than most nations. So, for example- And by willing- we don't know sometimes as citizens, like why we're spending all this money. Yeah. I mean, you, you but, can look it up. A lot of yeah. it's actually, well, not where, but available. why, but oh, why? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. often a lot of us are like, we don't, I mean, and maybe you could help us understand like, why the fuck do we spend so much on defense? Like, is it, is it that important? It doesn't seem like it to the average citizen. It's certainly to me, I don't know, understand yet why, uh, why we sure. don't start investing more into our people and education and healthcare and things. Yeah. A lot of people, you, I could, if I was American, uh, and I, a lot of people, as a not American, I can still wonder this. <laughs> why is it that the U.S. is the policeman of the seas of Asia, right? So that's mm. that's a pretty like. Why is it that there's huge amounts of battleships? We're like the mob. We're the mob f- for the world. Yeah, exa- exactly. We're Pay, like, and we're, everyone pays we're like, protection We're going to protect you. We're going to protect you. But, but we're going to take a skim off the top. <laughs> hey, Vinny. Give it over, up. Bring over the money. Yeah, yeah. You know, you right. pay the money. Hey, we, we got, got all these shipping containers. Yeah, we got a crate. <laughs> we got a fucking barge coming in. We get a few off the top. Hey, I don't want to see anyone get ourselves. hurt. But, uh, you know. Hey, it's we real fucking racist that we're it. Italians right now because we're talking about the mob. I was, I was having but a New York okay. accent. Yeah, well, that's. Which I will give you. Is somehow it's okay it. to be racist against Italians now. So it's all good. <laughs> I think yeah. that enough time has passed for some reason. Yeah, so it, but it is a really, really good question. Uh, why is it that the US is the like really calling the shots in a lot of places that seem like have almost nothing to do with the US and are mm. definitely nowhere near the US geographically? That's, yeah, because that's what's fascinating to me is like when you like the problems that you have in your everyday life extrapolate to the entire world, right? And like there's still only a few things that you need. You need to be safe, right? You need like survival, food, water, et cetera, shelter. Survival is still number one. And that's still like kind of what's dictating us as a power in some ways. And that's like probably why we want to hold on to it so much. I mean, I don't know. I'm just speculating here, prognosticating. But I'm I'm fucking just thinking like, all right, well, we've got control of defense right now. We are like the biggest force. We are the biggest weapons and stuff. And so, yeah, brother. But like that's that's what's keeping us in that. Yeah, brother. Yeah, brother, if you want to come over to the U.S., you better be fucking packing a lunch because you're going to be fucked up. But, like, it's just, it's odd because, like, this, 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 even if it's not, you know, it could be um, less cooperative than we, you know, we'd like to tell ourselves that, oh, we're, like, we're the beacons of of light. But, you know, we we definitely have a history of also being very you know, we've bullied, you know, people into taking our services or to, or just mm. being around. Like you're saying, like, well, why is it that we still, <laughs> and, uh, why, sh- we're not leaving. We've been here since WW2, I guess. And we're. Yeah. And, and that's all like, it's actually a really complex answer, uh, mm. which you could, you could address in a lot of different ways, but in the modern day, the way that the U.S citizens perceive their role in the world does have a huge effect on how the world is run. Mm. So throughout the Cold War, there was huge amounts of ideology. So you came out of World War II. And, and the reason getting into World War II and getting into World War One was another entire history lesson that shapes why the Cold War ended the, or looks the way the Cold War does. Mm. Uh, and there was a lot of people, huge numbers of the US citizens uh, and the politicians saying, no, we truly believe that we're going to try and push uh, democracy is, you know, the, the the being giving it sort of a, a 
a rose-tinted idea, but also liberal economics uh, and promoting trade and setting up economies that we can trade with to produce more wealth for Americans, more wealth for American businesses. Mm. Uh, and that's Japan is a really good example of that. I just rebuilt Japan after World War II into a way that it was able to trade with and prosper off Japan's success. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this real commitment to ideology as well as a, if we spread this ideology and we get more people making more money and trading with us, buying American things and increasing globalization, then America will prosper and America will be the uh, at the top of this new world hierarchy, mm-hmm. which it already was, but it was sort of about building a world. Sustainment and like... Yeah, yeah. Making more friends with, with honey than with vinegar, or yeah, catching more flies with well, honey than Well, I mean, it definitely used a lot of vinegar to make <laughs> to make states that were then able to trade with nicely. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, but that was sort of, you know, this, this real idea that if we don't do it, the Soviets are going to do it. Mm. So we need to get out there. We need to put American boots on it. We need to make sure that you, that that communism doesn't push further into South Vietnam. Mm. Uh, it doesn't push into Korea. It doesn't push into Afghanistan. These sorts of places where there were wars and the Cold War. And through doing that, there were quite a few decisions made to put US troops and to give protection to nations that asked for it that the US felt was worth protecting uh, and to back it up with the full force of the American army. And through doing that, there's a lot of different, the built a structure of the world that relied upon a US mm. military presence being the biggest kid with the biggest stick on the playground. Yeah. Uh, and now we're seeing, like at the time that was led by ideology and an idea that, you know, US imperialism, that US is the leader, that this is what yeah, they should yeah. be doing. And American citizens were willing to pay a higher tax uh, to have that really special role and also be able to call the shots. So Mm. if America doesn't want it to happen enough, it's not going to happen because nobody could stop them if they really wanted to. Mm -hmm. And now you're seeing uh, the citizens sort of really moving away from ideology. A lot of sort of more people going, well, hang on, why does my school suck? (laughs) But I'm, you know, my nation is spending just trillions of dollars every year on policing the, the like, policing waterways in Asia that don't really affect me at all. Uh, And Trump sort of had that attitude and a lot of people were really scared that when he came in, America's going to move towards isolationism, which is to say that America was going to move away from helping other nations, which is, you know, maybe a good idea for the average American citizen living in a high. Because we could pull further away, (coughs) you know, our GDP goes up or we we can, you know. We're already the biggest thing, stick, so yeah, and and by the US less of these is never going to be threatened. So yeah. there's no way anyone's going to be invading the US anytime soon. Mm-hmm. But a lot of other states have really built security around the idea that the US, because the US uh, guaranteed yeah, yeah. them like literal guarantees that they would be a security provider. Mm. But there's nothing like. You know, there's no world police that's going to come in yeah, and say- Yeah, aliens are going to be like, hey, yeah, you, yeah. you said you were going to yeah, do that. Yeah, you said you were going to do that. You didn't like, do oh, it. Well, uh, here's a do? massive fine. Like, you know, you go, oh, tough titties. Yeah. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see what happens and how the American psyche moves like away from globalization or moves away from being willing to flip the bill for- um, 
you know, the security of nations that half of Americans couldn't even point to on a map. Yeah. Uh, That's so strange. I mean, again, yeah, I feel like it just, it's so crazy because it comes down to these ideas that are just timeless. Mm. What got us here was a certain amount of, you got to, you know, survival of the fittest, fend for yourself, isolationism. Mm. The big guy, the guy with the biggest stick on the, or the kid with the biggest stick on the playground gets his way. And a certain amount also is cooperation. You know, life has been survival of the fittest, but what has often got us like further, it seems like into the next echelon of, of civilization is cooperating with each other. So I think, you know, I don't know, I'm not a political scientist or anything like this, but it seems like we, it seems silly to, we have to like blend these things, I guess, but it, it seems like globalization stuff is, it has to be the future. If you were, if you work, if you reverse engineer from like, I don't know though, because mm. it's like, well, how do you escape life? It like to, cause then you start to get into this other idea. Then you're flipping towards communism where you're trying to make things good for everybody. Right. Yeah. And it's like this battle of ideas. It's like, do we help each other? Do we fend for ourselves? It's like almost, it comes down to these dichotomies always where you're trying to strike a balance. And I don't know. It's fascinating to me because that's, I mean, forgive me if I'm looking at it completely wrong, but that's what it seems to almost boil down to is like being selfish versus being cooperative and a certain amount of selfishness is required to sustain your own life. Like this is, mm-hmm. this goes down to the individual level. If you're constantly people pleasing and you're only helping people out, it could destroy you. You know, it could take you out completely yeah. and, uh, and to be completely selfish means that you won't have any friends. And then eventually that'll completely collapse on you as well. Yeah. You know, but you might get really far beforehand or, you know, this is like the, the drug lords and stuff you'll see, but that story does never end well, right? When you're just breaking all the rules and just like you're looking after number one. Um, well, I mean, it never ends well in Hollywood, but yeah. it ended well, pretty well for England as it was gobbling <laughs> up the rest of the world. Yeah, I know. But on the, na- but on the national scale, it's yeah. like, yeah, but, but ultimately it's like the, but we're still, we're seeing, seeing that play out, but now we're having to cooperate, right? We've set up all these things. We've helped. We've, we are like protecting these other countries because it just comes down to like even rats, they do this, right? Or dogs or wolves. Mm. I would is, compare, you know, American <laughs> foreign policy to rats for sure. Where where <laughs> the big rat and the little rats play together, the big rat has to let the little rat lose every so often, or they both lose. Yeah. Because the big rat, either I don't forget, some species like the little rats will gang up on the big one and devour it. Like in primates, that'll happen where they'll just like, they'll have a revolution or in the big and little rats, like the, the big rat won't have anyone to play with and they'll both go sad and sorry and die. Yeah. You know? And, and you can also see this within like primates, uh, where yeah. like the leader is not always the biggest and strongest because no. the biggest and strongest is very rarely stronger than both than the yeah, second, than the biggest, second and biggest, the third biggest and third biggest and strongest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, this, that's fascinating. There's some really interesting chimp in like bonobo or some other ch- like monkey stuff yeah, primate and, studies and just, just like you want to be shown... careful when you when you like compare uh like Humans evolutionary to the, science yeah. to the way that politics works because it can be nice and easy to sort of like compare the two mm. uh, and dr- draw direct co- like correlations and, and direct comparisons but it's really really complex and how humans behave on mass scale is not necessarily the same as how humans behave on individual scale mm. uh, but it is still like and you are like largely talking about things that are just core um schools of thought in security around mm. you know how do people behave in a world where there's no 
god that is <laughs> there making the rules and making sure people stick to them, which is yeah. you know, the rats example. It's yeah, yeah. Um, it w- <coughs> how nation states work in the real world. And yeah, it's, it is really interesting. And we are at a bit of a precipice moment for seeing where the US will go and mm. seeing whether or not the US citizens will be willing to keep paying. You know, they, so you guys put about 4% of your GDP in and 4% of the US GDP is about as big as the Australian GDP total <laughs> yeah. uh, just into military. And the vast majority of that is going overseas. And all you generally ask for is about 2% of other nations' GDPs to put forward. Mm. And most nations don't even meet that. So just even by a percentage, the amount of money that America is paying, not on an absolute scale. And on an absolute scale, it's horrendously higher than the next one. Yeah. Uh, But even at a relative scale, it's Mm. still more than double most nation states, Um, which is really, really interesting to uh, but at the same time, it's definitely not a purely selfless thing. There's a lot, oh, of, definitely not. Yeah, lot yeah. of really massive advantages. What do, you, what do you think about that? Do you think like we're headed towards globalization? I mean, it could be millennia from now, Yeah. right? But it just feels like, to me, it feels like, what? how are we going to keep squabbling with each other? Are we going to like, is that something that we can't escape because we're human or because we're life forms where mm. like there's always going to be this element of survival of the fittest? Or is that something that we can somehow, I don't know, just corral into like a a healthy- Can can we all sort of eventually get together and agree that nobody wins when you go to war or Mm -hmm. nobody wins when there's conflict of any real kind between nation states? Is that what we're doing? Is that what this has all been about? And it's a really, really interesting question. I mean, if you asked people- pre 9-11 but post the fall of soviet so really just the 90s most people probably would have said yeah we've done it we've Mm -hmm. reached we've reached the point we did it (laughs) and then you know 9-11 happened and people were like oh shit we've got to worry about you know non non-nation states like Mm -hmm. individual actors organizations that can be violent uh and then that happened and that was sort of the theme that people were pointing to to say well you know we've finished with states followed nations fighting each other but now we have to deal with, um, you know, fighting smaller violent organizations, fighting ideologies. Uh, and now it's almost swinging back to worrying about state warfare yeah. uh, because up until China started to really <coughs> pick up in economic might, the U.S. was unchallengeable in, mm-hmm. its, in its might anywhere, not just yeah. within America's immediate geography. Yep, yep. Um, and now we're seeing that and it's kind of like, well, historically when the, the power balance changes, there's conflict. I mean, more yeah. often than not. And you can, anyone you at the top does not Greek. want to relinquish their power, such <coughs> exactly. as the, the, the way of and that maybe, goes, maybe humans, maybe our greed or mm, maybe just life in general, you know, like yeah, we yeah. seem to be, if you compare ourselves to, to other life forms, I think this is why you bring up a really important point. Cause you can't always extrapolate evolutionary science to what we do because we actually are probably a lot more tame than the nature. If you ever, if you ever follow the, the Instagram nature is metal. No, <laughs> dude, I immediately it want the to most the name. savage shit. It reminds oh. you that like exactly what the Instagram handle is, which is nature is metal, which is we are actually probably the most, the most tame, most benevolent human or uh, beings on the planet in some ways. And obviously we have horrible tendencies it's kind of hard because you can't measure this stuff. It's just too, it's just too complex, but 
it, it, that's why I'm always just fascinated about it. Is like, is it something that we overcome? Is it something that is kind of just diluted to the point where, you know, I don't know if that's if that's good, but it's just like, is it? It's I don't know. It just yeah. fascinates me. It's, it's just it is, it's, it have really, we have really, we just really like taken the total sum and just kind of distributed it out of. You know, instead of people getting murdered through Genghis Khan, like murking millions of people as he moved oh, boy, westward. He, God, he was oh, metal. Oh my God. He was metal as fuck. Yeah. Just bone mountains. Yeah. And just yeah. blood soaked exactly. acres of ground. Um, and that, that is a more accurate representation of human history yeah. than, than what we do today. And, you know, it, it was, it's our grandparents lived through some of the most brutal wars Jesus known to humankind. Yeah. And that was, you know, that's our grandparents. That's yeah. not that long ago. Yeah. Uh, and so it is really, really interesting and quite terrifying when you actually think down to what the potential is. And if you were to just extrapolate the graph based on how long, you know, peacetime had gone previously, mm. you'd be saying we're due for a pretty big conflict pretty soon. Uh, but there are massive things that's changed that. And and one thing I will just quickly bring up is it it's, can be – a lot of people have said the example of nature, like of, of apes fighting, is maybe a better example of why bar fights happen mm-hmm. as opposed to why nations fight because nations often conflict is a conscious uh, act of a decision between many different people who are sitting there pouring over what the options are. But is it the instincts and the impulses that are the same? Well, I don't know. This is, is a, it, like, is it's it, a really, you know what I mean? Yeah, is, it the, is it the fear of being usurped or like mm. taken over or yeah, yeah. is it, and is it the, this ability of like, or needing to flex? I need to like, we need to show dominance here so that we don't get fucked with again. On the, you know, you know, you step to the bully on the playground once and then they don't fuck with you anymore. Yeah. Or, you know, if you are, the bully on the playground. We talked about this. Like, all right, it's time to be. We have to be kinder now, just so we don't get challenged by the second and third strongest ape. Yeah, which is a really, really good point. And a lot of it is the fear of the unknown that mm. often motivates conflict. Because you could say, well, I could just let the bully. Like, he doesn't. What he wants is not that much. But if I let him have that, how much more is he going to take? Mm-hmm. Um, and to what point am I going to suddenly, you know, death by a thousand cuts? And stuff like that, or even just like, well, you know, he wasn't able to challenge me, but now he is able to challenge me. He has no reason to challenge me, but I don't like the yeah, fact that yeah, he can yeah. now challenge me. Yep. Uh, and just simply that can spiral. And again, there's a lot of different political uh, theories around what happens in this situation, and which is what we're currently seeing being played out in China. It's uh, so sorry, in, in Asia, oh, yeah. between China and the US. Um, which is which is really really interesting. It's in, super in my interesting. Opinion. Yeah, me too, man. I've, I'm I'm thinking about this stuff often, and I'm just like fascinated because we're like we're kind of in a way. This is an era where we're kind of arriving at this era where we're almost separating from our nature in some ways. Like we're trying our best to 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 live out these higher level being thoughts if we you know i don't know what you mm. believe in if you're not hippie shit but like that just those <laughs> like those uh you know what i mean just no, I like did. we're trying we've we've gotten to a point where like all right we're, we're killing each other in far less numbers than ever we're yep. like pretty objectively see, the most peaceful peaceful, peaceful point times in time. Of time right but we're still attached to these impulses we're still attached to yeah. the bar fight the things that drive apes to to murder each other and yeah and fight and I think that's why some of this stuff like with meditation and so all this stuff that's like, we're trying to like detach ourselves from these instincts in our bodies. I think that's partly why there's been sort of this renaissance, not renaissance, but there's like a lot of movement behind 
isolation tanks, which separate you from your from your body. There's meditations, yoga, like these things that you're. There's this conscious. There's a lot of talk about consciousness and like, and trying to get further into our best ideas and less, you know, attached to our worst impulses. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and I, I think humans have been pretty conscious of that since they were able to be conscious. Yeah. And yeah, as as we've started to put more and more. I guess, ironically, put more and more faith in rationality. <laughs> um, we're seeing, you know, the way it'll go. And I think just just using reason doesn't really prevent wars. It seems that's not been the historical case. Uh, but one thing I will Like bring you said, up, in a world without God, I mean, again, yeah. I, I, this is such a touchy word. I, I've been using it just more casually because I think it just uh, it carries too much weight. So I'm just saying fucking whatever. <laughs> but like with the when you know when no one's monitoring the rats, what are the what are the idea? What's the ideology? What's the what's the ideal that keeps us moving forward? Mm. And like, we don't know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, yeah, it's pretty interesting. Are we are we moving towards a goal at all? Are we going to be destroyed? <laughs> or Do we, we need gonna... to have AI? Like, is that what's yeah. going to be that unifies globalization? Is when we have to fight robots and we stop caring about yeah Terminator. the differences between ourselves? Yeah, it's like exactly. Do we need an opponent? Is that like? Is that the way it works? Yeah, I don't yeah. know. It's so it's fascinating. Yeah, it's it's it is it is really really interesting, and we'll it'll be like I'm excited to see where the world goes, uh, and I've really enjoyed being here in the US, being able to actually talk in depth about it with Americans who have you know different in like different opinions and and also different understanding of facts, which is also really <laughs> really interesting, and that's always been the case, but I think America really particularly has. As, as you know, I'm definitely not the first person to say this. It's two different political divides talking about two different sets of facts. Yeah, um, oh, it's so wild, right? Super it's like wild. I mean, we're growing. Everything happens like on its own life cycle in some ways. Like mm. I think like there was a reality TV era in our own culture, and now like as a nation, we've like entered that reality TV era. Yeah, because like we elected, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. basically a pop a reality TV star, and it's like when. You know, we're almost like even, and it happens faster and faster because of the internet, like the the cycles and the whatever, um, just the evolution. I think the the half life of like every time we go through a phase is just accelerating, and that's why you get people like Ray Kurzweil and stuff like talking about singularities and stuff because we're going towards like this unknown yep. point. But let me know what you think about this. It's just like the oh fuck I lost my train of thought shit uh, what was I just saying basically just well yeah I, th I think we were sort of oh the reality TV sorry yeah. so we're like a teenager in some ways like when we would when I was watching Jersey Shore you know 10 or 8 years ago in college that's like what I was I thought I mean I, th I knew it was stupid but I was like it's just fun yeah it's, it's just fun candy. to watch and now I'm like a little bit older and I don't I don't know if this is a real thing or not, but like I'm, I'm less attracted to watch those reality TV shows in Jersey Shore. Like for me, that doesn't do anything. I don't know if that's like something that we see on a grander scale too that happens. Mm. Where like America gets bored of just like doing things for the spectacle of it and we go, or is it something that, again, it's not progressive as much as it's cyclical and we, we have to like keep balancing it out because it just goes too far this way, too far that way, too far this way, that way. I don't yeah. know. I think to be honest, a lot of what's driving it is the the platform of media, which we're looking at, and the way that we receive our information today is so much like it's it's we've got to have one of the shortest attention spans 
ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, partly because we have the ability to be given information in such short amounts of times, just with you know my smartphone or whatever. And interestingly, I'm going to segue this back to parkour because you also see Ooh, it. Bring it full circle. Yeah. God, what a great effort that was. We, we, we didn't talk about it for a while, but we're back in. I've, I've managed we, we to live it back. We took a pol- political and like yeah, evolutionary yeah. detour for about 40 minutes. Yeah, no. Uh, but you can see it with the way that uh, Instagram has changed the way that parkour has developed and the way that parkour is filmed. Mm. I know I certainly am very, very guilty of completely changing the way I think about filming parkour, and that influences the way it's spread. So there's a lot more... Um, Ways that athletes will be rewarded for doing gimmicky shit that is, you know, not even really parkour anymore. (laughs) Let's be honest. Like, you know, you get rewarded for doing a costume thing for referencing Assassin's Creed or referencing anything that's just trending right now. Mm -hmm. And that is the way that you get more exposure. So parkour athletes have a really, really big incentive to not kind of produce quality training movements, but to, you know, put something that's more clickbaity in there, something that's going to get you featured on Nine Gag, mm. something that's going to get you those millions of views and millions of followers. And that's the way that it's come out in parkour. And I personally, and I, I spoke at length with the Missoula boys about this, don't like the way that that's going because I think, you know, it, again, it just rewards gimmicks. It, it, it doesn't reward always- quality, like, I'm like in what I think is parkour integrity, a mm-hmm. really subjective, really arguable point. Uh, and that's, that's the way it's sort of played out in parkour, but it's, it's true across the board. It's true for news and media and, and previous, you know, uh, outlets that would give you really interesting, really in depth points and now having to do clickbaity titles or they'll just lose out. They'll lose the market, which yeah, has I mean, led it, to where we are. It, it, well, and it's producing, a counter action, I think. Podcasting, these this intellectual dark web, the Sam Harris, Joe Rogan, like Jordan Peterson, whatever. I mean, that that's like that one little thing. But the this this embracing of the other side of that is now building momentum on the other side because now people are becoming completely skeptical and distrustful and rightfully so of these traditional news sources. So it's again these empires fall. The new, the, you know, you have to evolve with the times, and then because I I get burnt out on that. You know, like I'm, I'm with you. I don't want to see the gimmicky bullshit. And so oddly, if you quietly develop something more genuine and, and real and authentic, maybe then pff, all of a sudden you can explode onto the scene with, with momentum instead of yeah. constantly going through these, yeah. these bullshit things. Just I'm sorry, dude, I got to piss so fucking hard real quick. <laughs> I, that coffee is just, I've been, I've been itching us. for like 20 minutes. You can keep it, keep this going. You're the host. Keep us going, oh, yeah. See, now, now you're like, now, now how's that feel to yeah, be alone? No, I, I've suddenly I've found myself with a monologue, which <laughs> I'll be honest is is a power I'm not used to, and and increasingly so to just increase the pressure is I actually really need to take a piss as well. Uh, however, I didn't think I'd be able to just, you know, up leave the headphones and just leave Brandon here monologuing, which is something that he's uh he's done to me. So now I guess it's just me. Sitting here, just just talking, just complete trash. I mean, I guess we we did we were able to talk a bit about politics, which was great because I you know 
as most people who know me, if, if you want to talk about politics, I'll talk about politics till the goddamn cows come home. Uh, Dude, I've managed <laughs> managed to do it. He's back. Yeah, did it. I did I it. it. I barely took a breath. All right. I piss hard. Guess I piss what, fast, mate? baby. T- hey, hey, what's up, gang? Yo, I piss hard. I piss fast. I didn't wash my hands, guys. Guess what? I wash my hands before I use the bathroom. All right. That's what you got to do. You know, your dick be clean. You know, if you keep in a, if you keep a nice hygiene, what are you doing? Am I pissing all over my fingers? No, I'm not fucking pissing all over myself. My hands are dirty. Why, why would my, why would my, why would my cock be fucking all dirty? I don't get it. I wash my hands before I go to the bathroom these days. Most times, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to dirty up my pee. What? Um, that's a little, that's just a little riff for you guys while, while Max is in the, is in the bathroom as well. You let me know. I just think it's weird the way that we, that the, there's this custom of washing your hands after you pee. Maybe you should wash them before and after. Oh, I'm back in. What do you I'm think? I'm back in. What do you think? Did you say before and I've been after talking, pissing? I've been talking, what, how? I've been talking, if you piss, I wash my hands beforehand. My dick's not fucking right. filthy. Yeah. My hands probably are. I've been doing shit with them all day. I've been touching things, doorknobs, sure. like handshakes, whatever. I want to keep my cock mm. clean. So I wash my hands before I pee. And I don't right. know about you. So I don't, you no, but I mean. There's a difference if you're going. If you're going are you keeping your urine clean? Because I think that's the other thing. you gotta, But you're not you gotta, pissing all over your hands. Well, it doesn't I make am. sense. Is that you just yeah. you like hold your? Yeah, how do I direct the flow? You, like, you hit your, you splash it off your hand, angle it down oh, into the urinal. It, we made it so far, Brandon, without bringing up penises. We, I think we did a really good job. I, I thought it was important that we yeah. bring them up, yeah, otherwise, yeah, you know, yeah. especially that's people it. that have been listening. They went, they made it through all the political shit. No, that's you it. Know, we got to get something to the people that yeah. hung on. They were just waiting for that dick talk. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Well, I mean, I talk about our attention spans, man. If I had a really good attention span. I wouldn't have, I probably would have a more bladder control as well. Yeah. Well, we did. I mean, it's been a while. We did drink quite a bit of coffee. Uh, but if we want to bring it back, yeah, to, bring it I back, would love bring it. to actually have a good talk about the gimmicks of parkour. I don't know if this is a topic you've talked much about. Oh, in, no. I mean, in, in your, on your podcast. What's, uh, what's, 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 I mean, yeah, no, I'm super down. Mm. Um, yeah. What's, what, what, bring it on. <laughs> yeah, bring well, it I guess, on, bro. I guess I, I kind of, I spoke about this before, but I mean, one of the things that really, really interests me is the way that the internet is shaping culture. <laughs> And the perception of uh, information around the world, which is, you know, it gave us Trump. It gave us a huge amounts of rise of nationalism. It gave us huge amounts of distrust of mainstream media mm-hmm. and increased trust on some dude on Reddit talking shit that <laughs> they, they almost definitely don't know. Yeah. And so huge rises in conspiracies uh, and variety it's, of different- It's a wild time to be which alive. It's a really wild time to be alive. And, and for me- who I really like to look at that and listen to a lot of different podcasts and read a lot about how that's influenced the way that, you know, humans perceive the greater world and, and politics. Uh, and then seeing that come into parkour and free running where it's exactly the same, you know, you pull the same levers to get the same results, mm-hmm. which is clickbait, which is being different, but not necessarily different. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Just different. Just- uh, and, and seeing how I think, I think there's a lot of, really high level athletes who are just sort of resorting to more clickbaity things that I'm, yeah, it's, I think it's quite disappointing. And I think at the same, like it's, it's, it's just a shame that there are so many really, really talented athletes who are doing just really focusing on 15 minute clicks that are get, get it's, on nine it, it almost comes back to that, 
that same dichotomy. It's like being, it's almost, it's kind of in a way it's selfish. Mm. It's a way, it's in a way selfish versus cooperative. It's like, if you, if you stay on the, like a more genuine culture path, you're not going to get those immediate dividends off of, of, of that path. Right. You're more cooperative by trying to do something original. That's authentic. That's actually good. And it's, it's real to true to, to parkour where, whereas if you're a little more self, I mean, it, it, it might not feel this way. Maybe you just fucking really like to dress up in a T-Rex suit or whatever the fuck it is. But if you go for that cheap, fast road, yeah. then it's not cooperating, you know, because you you dilute, you you, you kind of yeah. like, you, you kind of, of piss on the brand, uh, uh, not the brand, but the, yeah, the, the image public of perception, Farkle. the image the of parkour. Farkle. Yeah, it, it gets taken down a little bit by, yeah, and it gets cheapened. We're and that happens to everything and. Is that okay? I mean, part of me doesn't know. Like, did you see the the UFC just cut um, their entire flyweight division? Right. Demetrius Johnson just got traded. So th- this is the thing. It's like when something gets so big that people are actually making careers out of it, then all of a sudden now you have to cheapen it, right? Almost mm. because everyone gets a say, at least yep. in that domain. Like obviously mixed martial arts and the UFC are two different things, right? Sure. So parkour and public facing media produced by parkour are two different things yeah the discipline of parkour doesn't have to be affected by it um but we all are collectively creating this image like whereas ufc has monopoly over mixed martial arts basically yeah but but i don't know yeah it's like we cheapen it by giving it away to like uh t-rex yeah, suits I, I think, and, like, and we're, we're always fighting a public perception that it's not a real sport and i'm sure we've all met people who have said Oh, like I thought that was just like planking. I thought that was just a fad <laughs> that the internet did that like, you know, no one actually does in real life. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it kind of lived and died with Jackie Chan and a couple of viral videos, um, which is a shame in, in my mind as someone who's, you know, like I've really got, got a horse in the race <laughs> that, that parkour turns out to be cool. Um, and I think doing a lot of the, the gimmicky stuff while is really good for your own Instagram and it's really good for your own like ability to get jobs and your own ability to really spread your name does really cheapen what parkour is, Yeah, which in the long run, it sucks. Like, I mean, it's it, like if you took, if you did take the more gimmick route, you would probably have a better career than if you didn't. But you would be like definitely chipping away at the integrity and the coolness in in you know uh, for lack of a better term <laughs> of parkour by doing that and yeah i think it's like it's a bit of a shame and and it would be great to sort of see a swing back towards making more like bigger edits and and bigger sort of things yep. that focus on clean movement and no costumes involved yeah, yeah, no, no, I, I agree. I mean, I'm always a supporter when I see stuff like that that comes out. And there's there's um there's always compromises to be made. Because again, yeah. like parkour as its own thing has nothing to do with any of this shit. So if you're trying to make a career out of it, um, I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with that. Like some people take issue with that in and of itself, which I think is bullshit. Like if you you know, they're like, oh, if you loved it, you would just do it for the sake of it. It's like, yes, true. But also if you love something enough, you want to make your life about it. This is part of what you have to do Yeah, is make your life about it. And that means yep. making your career and everything else involved. But uh, I'm a, I'm a huge proponent of this as well as like, I just want to see, and that, that's why I'm so happy for where stores at. Cause they, yeah. they've, they've stayed on the, the, the straight and narrow path doing really what means and authentic things to them. And of course they've worked and collaborated now with bigger brands and, 
not not so much gimmicky, but but like the right kind of gimmicky. Like, all right, we're gonna do a mattress spot and jump off some some shit into some mattresses. It's okay when they do uh, it because yeah. they did that. First of all, it's interesting. It's cool. It's original. It's also and the minority also, of the content, and it's yeah, it's extreme minority of the content where they didn't like cheapen themselves the whole way to get there. Um, and most <laughs> most real you know brands are all of them are really like that. You know, for the for lack of. I mean, I, it's hard for me to actually even think. I don't even pay attention enough to see the stuff that would annoy me these days. Yeah. But, um, well, it's definitely out there. It's definitely out there. That's for sure. I mean, but I think yeah. it's nice to like enjoy this time because if and when we, we, we all want to see it get bigger, we all want to see us grow. But you know why? The reason why I brought up the UFC and stuff is once it gets to a certain level, we, we ultimately give up part of our voice to make, I mean, Getting it to a certain level invariably makes it about these yeah. more mainstream things that people want to see X, Y, and Z. Yeah. That's, that's so like, and it's fine if we never even get there, you know, in a way, because then it stays the way it stays more authentic and there's always going to be that authenticity. But, um, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm just saying that like, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, no, no, each I, era I, is different, but it's, it's tough because I, I totally get what you're saying. It's like we lived in an era now. We we we've gone through eras where the purity it seems like is being diluted. Yeah. Uh, through through each generation. But that's yeah. only because that's uh, that's almost natural I think to the progression of things. The more access people have, the more people are getting involved, the less people can know about it. Yeah. It's yeah, it's not absolutely. even possible for this many people to be as educated about it as as uh, the first generation people were. Yeah. And so they are going to have different ideas and it's going to go in that You're direction. You're probably more vulnerable to uh, wider cultural swings. So, mm. you know, if if there's a trend going through the just, you know, the nation or whatever, and there's a huge number of people doing parkour in that nation, then there's a much higher chance that the new swing is going to influence parkour mm-hmm. than if it was just, you know, a smaller group of people who kind of can can weather those different trends. So I think as, and just relating it back to as media has changed and parkour is massive uh, or growing at least, then it does have a, like a, a bigger effect on the parkour community and we're more vulnerable to those more wider trends mm-hmm. for better or worse. Uh, and at the moment, I think, it's, I mean, it's interesting that you, you brought up earlier um, that, you know, podcasts are making a, a bigger, uh, a, like a, no, I guess not a comeback, but really. It's like the a, anti yeah, ADHD p- exactly, platform, right? Exactly. It's anti Instagram uh, because vlogs are also in, in parkour and free running, you know, previously. They're getting half way an longer. Hour, yeah, half an hour videos was yeah. like you, you get a couple of those a career. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, whereas now it's every Friday it's coming out with a, a new half hour long video and people mm-hmm. are watching it, which is really really interesting. And I think that's that's really cool that that's now a thing. I I personally very rarely watch a full half an hour bl- vlog, it's but tough. a lot of people do, um, and that's really cool. So it's almost like again, you know, we you can draw. It's a hyper saturation though, right? We're all like not just parkour, but anything else that came up during this era. There's movement culture. We had the guys on. Like there's lots of like new voices out there yeah. that are even, even in just the domain of physicality and movement, even in just the domains of like practical skills, like parkour, like there's new, like jujitsu even kind of caught some of the internet craze and it has become a, and again, popularized by the UFC and the fuck was that? I think someone's doing some drilling. Jesus. They got the impact drill out there. Um, the, uh, 
that, that, that just completely threw me. <laughs> completely threw me. Yeah. The, uh, you talking about UFC and UFC? Yeah, just I, I think just this whole internet age. It's odd because it's it's complete oversaturation of content yep. in a way. Yeah. Right. And so it's going to take a while for the cream to rise to the top because right now it's just like we just dump the cream in or whatever. I don't even know how cream works. <laughs> we just creamed. <laughs> I don't even know how cream in is yeah. creamy. I don't know what cream is, but yeah. uh, but we just fucking poured all of our, our fat yep and uh we don't know yet you know what's it's gonna take time like we're in the internet bubble was a thing mm. there's a crypto bubble you know people talk about where like 99 percent of things fail and then like we find like things that go out we go on to the next thing yep and right now everyone is in a bubble in a way like anyone mm. just competing with a you know this podcast honestly is you know is part of this you know where, where there's there's so many new podcasts i mean there's probably so many ridiculous amounts of podcasts out there yeah you know i know that it's uh, it's just a, it's part of the craze, you know, and we yeah, don't know which yeah. ones are gonna go, and and be valuable and, and rise to the top. Yeah, and if you did, you could make a lot of money if you could if you were <laughs> able to you're able to pick those trends. Yeah, it it is like it would definitely, it it things are changing like across the board, not just in parkour, but you know, parkour is the one that I know the most about. <laughs> so yeah. it's it'll be really interesting to see what trends stick and what doesn't and well i'm yeah i'm really fascinated to see like what or where our culture takes us for sure because we everything has its own thing we already have like very unique things about what we do and and we we've always had like different differences between our sport and like what what skateboarders are doing like it, it's likened to skateboarding it's likened to gymnastics it's like it's a different it's a, such a multifaceted discipline that yeah. it hasn't found it's like where it wants to sit yeah, and it doesn't need to. No, you know that's what I'm saying is like we don't need to rush it, but we know that's what's that's what's annoying is we know it doesn't. We know that it's not going to go to T Rex outfits and fucking yeah. Naruto costumes and shit. Like, like that's so. not <laughs> it. That's not the end goal. I think that's what's irritating is when people do that. It's like okay, well, you're not helping the sport. You're not cooperating again. You're just trying to capitalize. Yeah, and you know, it's fine again too. I think like there's certain amounts like. In Nate Weston's video, for example, his latest video, which was yep. fucking legendary, was he gave fire. a lot of fire, super fire. He fire gave a lot emoji. to the community with with showing that showcasing and holding off those clips and not, you know, posting them to Instagram so that it's original content coming out in a little a nice edit that you can see and appreciate as a whole instead of in little bits and then eventually. And uh, but also, you know, you can tell or if you if you played close attention. There's there's some Adidas, probably yeah. like uh, nods nods to yeah, Adidas. Yeah. Like he he probably is trying to work with them, you know, and that's fine. Like that doesn't yeah. bother me one bit. Him trying to like take control and, and maybe try to grab a sponsorship from this huge company that is helpful. I think because if great, we can yeah. take if we be, can take over, I'd be stoked. You know, absolutely yeah. stoked if that if that, that could be huge. That could be a huge happened. advancement. That's real progress for the culture. Is now we're competing with other athletes that also get Nike and Adidas sponsorships and that can elevate, you know, someone like Nate to a level where not only does he, you know, and again, people are going to, the first time that someone gets sponsored by Adidas or Nike, people are going to fucking shit breaks for sure. Yeah. Well, but, I found out recently that Pamela Foster is oh, yeah? uh, sponsored by Adidas, but in Austria. There you go. Um, so it, it is, it is, it's already a thing. Yeah. It's already, it's already a thing. And I think one of the main differences is being sponsored by Adidas is, it adds legitimacy 
to mm-hmm. the sport. You know, Adidas is a real world legitimate sponsor. You have to yeah. be a real athlete to get sponsored yep, by Adidas, yep. whereas you don't have to be a real athlete to get a million views in a T-Rex comp. Yeah, like, I mean, you can outfit. you can parlay that potentially, mm. you know, into something grander. I mean, you, you get a big contract with Adidas or Nike. It can change your life. Yeah. And if you change, like you become a millionaire potentially in your parkour career, now you could start your own company and change the lives of people, the next generation underneath you. you yeah. Know, that, that, that's real progress. Like that's something that you could, you could actually leverage yeah. against or leverage to, towards the community. Yeah. Where, you know, whereas I don't necessarily always see the value in some of these other things. I mean, they might be attempts at doing the same thing. I don't know why T-Rex costume is just like the, the easiest one to pick at, but yeah, I mean, I've, yeah, it's definitely the, like, the, the clearest one. What are you doing? Obviously a scale um, <laughs> yeah. between them, between a T-Rex costume uh, and, you know, n- not selling out at all. Like yeah. there's huge different steps between those two points. Uh, and I think, yeah, it'll just be really interesting to see where it goes and to see whether or not these gags stick with us and whether or not the top level athletes will start, um, you know, shying away from doing it or whether or not, you know, ha- have have we been through the worst of it or is it going to get worse? Uh, and again, like, you know. I think I it's to- going to always go back and forth. Yeah. I think it's another thing that doesn't go away. Yeah. Maybe, you know, is like some people are going to take questionable things, but I think it's a self-correcting system. Uh, the people that we most respect are always going to be the people that, that don't cheapen themselves. Yeah. And the people that cheapen themselves to get somewhere, they, they cheapen themselves. Like yep. they might get somewhere fast. They'd say like you can go somewhere fast by yourself or far together. And if you abandon the community to try to go fast, you're gonna, you're gonna pay you're gonna pay a price for yeah. that, regardless. Yeah, I don't. At I know. Mean, I, I, I believe huh? <laughs> at minimum a social price. You know, the, well, the, yeah, the, and, that, the and that could be everything. You know, that's that's like that's why they, you know, even in skateboarding, like someone like Nigel was winning all these contests, but he was getting a lot of shit talked on him because he wasn't making street parts. And like, yeah. that's something I could see easily happening in um in parkour too. Is if someone starts competing in the Olympics and becomes a huge superstar, but never trained in the streets, I'm guarantee there would be mad shit talk on that person. <laughs> And yeah, and rightfully so if they if they had like some kind of on the best parkour athlete attitude, and not saying that Nyjah did, but yeah, you know I, I'm I'm not much of a hater. Like I don't really spend too much time worrying about these things because ultimately I believe not just in the community but just as in human beings in general to to filter this stuff out. And yes, it's harder to do now, but we're gonna figure it out. Yeah, you know, like this is just the, the part of the times, and hopefully you're part of the the solution. Hopefully you're helping yeah. other people figure it out. That's or at the very least, you're thinking about. Or at least, yeah, you're. You know, you you've thought through your position to enough of an extent that it's you know based on your own values, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is an important part, rather than just sort of like looking at followers and seeing that as the bottom line. But um, so, do you want to get uh, some Assassin's Creed costumes then, and yeah, like start dude, jumping off some roofs? I really want to jump into some sick hay bales. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean. I don't know much about hay bales, but I assume they're just as soft as crash mats. Yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm thinking about it. There's a few different ones. I hear Fortnite is. Oh, really, I've never dude. played it, but doesn't I, matter, bro. I'm told that it's really, really, really big right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure we could work out some way to yeah, sort that out. Yeah, let's get in there, dude. Yeah, sick. Um, done. All right. What well, else is big right now, mate? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't really. Ah, oh, gosh. Trump, Trump, Trump. Ooh, he, let's, he goes do viral. Trump. let's do a yeah, Trump. Let's do a Trump. Divisive. Trump PK. Yeah, we could yeah, do bro. something there. That'd be you huge. Know, get some controversy. That's that's what pays the bills. <laughs> that's that's what you need, you bro. Know? You don't have to be liked. You just have to be viewed. I say. <laughs> that's right, dude. That's right. 
I mean, it's tasteful. There's nothing off the table, though, as far as I'm concerned. Really, it's about how you execute things mm. and the motivations. Mm. I actually wouldn't have a problem necessarily outright with someone making a Trump video. But if that's all, again, if that's all they made was gimmick videos, they, <laughs> they fuck painted up. themselves orange and put on a wig. They fucked themselves. Like, yeah, you're not yeah. focusing on anything. I don't know. It's just yeah. tough. I, again, like, I think it's, it's more or less self-correcting. I'm glad that you brought it up, though, because I didn't know it was as still a huge issue. Uh, is there I anyone so. in particular that pisses you off? Uh, I'm that not you're willing gonna, to talk shit nah, on. No, I'm not. I'm not going to name names. Oh, come I'm on. not going to do that. Nah, come nah, on. I mean, we are so deep in the podcast that I, I think only <laughs> you're safe, man. Only nobody's listening. It's, would... it's over an hour and forty-seven minutes in, <laughs> oh, bro. Geez. Nobody made it this far. Yeah, no one's made it. Nobody's this far. nobody's listening, bro. It's yeah, just you nah, and me. Nah, I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm not going <laughs> to name names because you know I don't. I don't. I don't want that sort of beef. Yeah, that's not me. I'm not a good fighter. Everyone's on their own journey too. Like. I don't know. It's hard to pass judgment, you know, it, in, it, sometimes. You got to, though, because mm. you have to call people out. Yeah, you I, but I mean, there's out. definitely a difference between public shaming and calling people out. But Yeah, yeah. And sometimes public shaming is what's needed, but... Hashtag be, me too, baby. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, uh, you know, yeah, it's it's a wild time, dude. Mm. It's a wild time. Everyone's Everyone's got a voice. And sometimes people just having a voice, they don't know what the fuck to do with it. Um. Certainly, they aren't always being cautious yeah. or I mean, I conscious feel a lot of the time, thoughts. I feel like it's just a shouting contest. It's not about what you say. It's about whether or not you can say it the loudest. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's interesting to see that and especially seeing what people will do, especially parkour athletes who are, you know, in no way trained to have the public microphone, uh, finding themselves with a public microphone and seeing what they do with it, mm -hmm. um, which will be, yeah. Well, you look at, already I mean, LeBron James and stuff, like these people that transcend their sport and then what he started like a school, right? Uh, maybe. I, I, I think, uh, probably. I'm not talking out of turn here. LeBron James, I think went back to one of his original like neighborhoods in Cleveland or something. I don't know. I don't actually don't know shit about LeBron James, but <laughs> I'm not mistaken. He's like yeah. started at a school, like he's giving back. Um, and of course he's a ridiculous example because he's a multi, he's a probably a billion and billionaire yep. at this point. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's like, what do you do with that microphone? I think that kind of definitely speaks to the character of, and that's why I love a guy like DC. And again, I love bringing it back to MMA, but DC of course was beaten by John Jones. And aside from that, he's like inarguably one of the goats, if not the goat, you know, he's one, two with GSP and is in terms of people that haven't gotten yep. PD popped or anything like that. Yep. And uh, it bothers me sometimes that people will shit on him and don't like him because like, oh, he's a bitch because he lost to John Jones. It's like, well, first of all, John Jones got popped for PDs in that fight, whether or not you believe he took them intentionally or not. It's just like, it just shows neglect and, and in and it could happen to anyone, but it's the second time it happened to him. And and just you look at John Jones' story, and I love John Jones because I know it's not easy to walk that path either, you know, to be someone who is like the risky person, mm. and you get yourself into trouble, and you don't even necessarily know why. But um, it doesn't. It's not a good look for the sport necessarily. But yeah, what that's why I think my message usually is you can't look to any one of these people to to represent the entirety of, of what they're doing. Yeah, and if you really give a shit about parkour you won't just even stop at the trump video or the t-rex video you'll dive deeper and you figure out what it's about and if you don't figure out what it's about then you don't know shit about parkour yeah so fuck off anyways like <laughs> those people don't matter to me you know yeah at least you know in regards to what they think about the sport because there's always going to be that the bigger we get the more of those people there are and that's fine
Yeah. Know, as far as I'm concerned, we don't need to like charge towards that towards that goal. But anything, that's how it goes. The bigger it gets, the less the average fan is informed. Yeah. And that's not maybe not necessarily a bad thing. It's not necessarily I, just, yeah, you I can, guess I'd just be nice if if the public perception It'd be was nice if everyone was a little bit more intelligent about what it. I right? believed it to be. It's not but it, yeah. it, it's 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 also a lot worse than it seems, I think, because like you said, the people that are the people that attack the problem as I'm gonna shout the loudest. Yeah. Those are the biggest douchebags. Yeah. Those are the biggest dickheads. Yeah. And fucking assholes. And that's why things seem worse than they are. Because people like you or people like me aren't gonna fucking first of all, I'm probably not commenting at all. Yeah. Unless I know the person I want to give them support. Yeah. And if I am commenting, it's to give support and say how much I liked it. Yeah. If I don't like something, I fucking turn it off before I even watch the end of it. And I'm not going to engage and comment with it. Yeah. You know, that's a waste. So the loudest people are always going to make things seem like they're worse than they probably are. Yeah. Yeah. Talking shit and being, I don't know. Yeah. What am I talking about here, boys? Well, look, <laughs> should we maybe go get some We should food? probably wrap this up. Yeah, yeah dude. <laughs> Damn, son, we did an hour, 40, hour oh, 52. We did, well. did well. It was like Ooh. a good, good hour. Dude, we went, minutes. we wound it or we wound around. Yeah. We got a little dick in there. Yeah, we got we a did. fucking a lot of we politics. Did. I learned a lot, actually. I'm really yeah, thankful no, for, for um, educating me on that stuff. Yeah, that's no problem. I think problem. that's huge. Um, I loved having, you know, you're always welcome here, dude. Thanks, man. One day we're going to yeah. bring this shit. We're going to pack this oh. whole studio up in a nice box and we're going to bring it down under. Yes. You know what I'm oh, saying? I love that. Well, man, let so, me know. I'll sort I'll sort out plenty of spaces. And uh, I wish I'm we really could get some highlighting in and shit soon. So. Oh. Maybe, maybe, uh, you know, we got to figure it out. I got to make my way down there. If, if you come to Australia and, and, you know, as I've, as I've been trying to convince as many Americans as I can, but definitely you, Dougie, (laughs) I'll sort you out. We can do so many awesome adventures. Dope. Dope. All right. Wrap us up, brother. All right. All right. We're going to wrap this up now. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Yo, hit the subscribe. Yo, you know, it's all about them numbers. You know that if we don't get their hundred thousand likes, I ain't doing this again. All right. So you know that that's what pays. That's what pays. It's the numbers. It's the numbers. I don't care. I don't care what you think. I don't care what you think. I think I just want you to hit that subscribe button. Otherwise, it it ain't coming back at you because we don't do this for the love. (laughs) 